When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 606 on your Monday morning. Welcome back to the best talk show anywhere in the country. We are Bernie and Sid in the morning here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. I couldn't help but notice at the left eye of mine, the newsroom, MSNBC, as he started their show this morning with, quote, unquote, the greatest weekend of NFL playoff football ever. And they are spending an awful lot of time on this Kansas City-Buffalo game, which the Chiefs eventually won in overtime, 42-36, to advance to the AFC Championship game. We will get to this. It really was an amazing NFL weekend. But the biggest news of the day is not that. It's not Eric Adams outlining gun laws. And it's not even the horrific tragedy we all saw Friday night in Harlem. It is that back this morning on the Bernie and Sid show from his palatial estate somewhere on Long Island is my man, the great Bernard McGurk. Good morning, Bernie. Sidney Rosenberg, as I live and breathe, man, you sound strong here on this uh, early, bleak January Monday morning. But uh, thank you for that hearty welcome. Uh, welcome back. And I did miss you. Missed everybody missed last week. I especially missed you. And it is good to be back, yes, from my uh, palatial estate. <laughs> I got Finally uh, <laughs> taking advantage of the technology. Uh, as so, you should. As you should. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was tough for you to, to come here uncomfortable. And you talk about me sounding uh, great this morning. Last time you were here, last Tuesday, with your beautiful wife, Carol, and your equally as beautiful daughter, Melanie, you, uh, you were hurting. I could hear it in your voice. You sound much, much stronger today. The audience knows, of course, I put up a, a Facebook Message on Saturday morning. We've got hundreds, if not thousands, of responses and messages praying for you, reaching out to you. They know, of course, you went through two days, Wednesday and Thursday, of chemotherapy last week. Three days. Three days. Tuesday, Wednesday. That that day that I was there, Yeah, uh, it was unexpected. I was supposed to get another, uh, you know, shot. You know, this... uh, The remission shot. Exactly. The one that uh, lessens your testosterone. It's exactly what I want, right? But uh, so in addition... That day, they said, hey, do you have time to get some uh, chemo starting today? Oh, boy. So it was Tuesday, it was Wednesday, it was Thursday, and uh, it was like four or five rounds of chemo for, it, it, within three days and uh, whatever. It's all good. It's all uh, 
killing the, uh, the bad stuff inside. The bad news about chemo, of course, is that it also ravages uh, some good stuff. Right. And uh, knocks you out a little bit, but uh, it's all par for the course, you know. I mean, listen, we saw it throughout the years uh, when uh, Imus would do with these fundraisers and everything. Little kids have gone through it. So uh, I can handle it as well, and uh, I did. And, uh, and of course, uh, thank you and everybody else, the, uh, the, the, the page, the social media pages, and everybody for their support. Uh, I really do such a heartfelt appreciation. I'll thank a few people a little bit later, but uh, right now, yeah, I am uh, back. I'm black, yo. You sound uh, uh, better than you did last Tuesday. You actually sound good this morning, so we're thrilled to death you're back. I don't like the fact that on the uh, on the stream here, WABCRadio.tv, of course, there's no cameras in Bernie's house. He wouldn't want that anyway, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but at least we have a uh, an 8x10, a photo when Bernie talks. Get his face up there because I'm looking at the, the television simulcast and it's all me. And as much as I love myself, uh, narcissism doesn't uh, doesn't run low. I'd love to see Bernie's face. So well, uh, Listen, I uh, appreciate that, but it uh, <laughs> doesn't bother me in the least. Yeah, but it does me. So let's get, get You let's, know what? And if you do get a, uh, yeah. a you know, an 8x10 or whatever the hell, get one from 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny you say 20 years ago. And, again, I'm going to say this because I know you're on the mend. You started the chemo. You sound already much better today. And I'm really convinced. I'm not just, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm convinced you're going to get through this and you're going to be better. It's a month. Ah, uh, there you go. That's a very, very handsome picture. A month. I mean, a month ago, Bernie, you were still in great shape. You looked great. You felt great. I mean, it's, it's been a very, very rough month for you. Right around Christmas is what all started to, uh, to go down, all this. You're right. It was actually... Really, uh, almost two weeks before Christmas, when I got the uh, the biopsy, the right. uh, the the the, uh, the prostate uh, biopsy, which uh, went south, and I bled like uh, like it was Niagara Falls. And uh, next thing you know, they're uh, they're doing things. The colorectal guy is doing things to me that uh, I mean, uh, Abner Louima should never have gone through. Oh I mean, it was really, it was, it was it, I got to tell you, to me personally, it was that it was that bad. Yeah. And ever since then, uh, I'm not the same man. The day before the biopsy, I, I ran the boardwalk. I worked out. You know, I was great. And so, but here I am, no complaints. The fight is on, and uh, onwards and upwards. And I'm coming back, bro. I'm coming back, yo. I agree. And uh, you look great in that picture. All right, the whole uh, rest of the cast. Our cast, Bernie, is here. Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, the lovely Christina. We've got uh, Mikey Garcia, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine. So the house is packed with talent on this Monday morning. But I guess I, I did mention the NFL weekend. We'll get back to that. But By the way, count me in. It was absolutely ter- it's amazing, phenomenal. What a great couple of games. You could not leave the TV. You could not. It was terrific. And uh, so, yeah, I'm back into uh, the NFL, and, uh, you know, it was great escapism, and it was top-notch, terrific football. Mahomes and the uh, – and what's his name? Powell, I think his name is, from uh, Buffalo? Allen, Josh Allen. Josh Allen, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, terrific, just terrific. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about that game I didn't like is that same stupid rule where if the team in overtime gets the ball first and scores a touchdown, the other team never gets the football. And I knew at the end of regulation, 36-36, if the Bills would have gotten the football, they would have won the game. So the Chiefs, all, the, you, you got to give both teams the ball, especially when, when teams score 25 points in the final two minutes. Couldn't agree more. Coin flip uh, shouldn't be deciding a game. 
That's right. That's essentially what it was. It's exactly what it was. was You knew whoever got the ball in overtime was going to win, and Kansas City, to their credit, did win. So we're down to the final four, and we'll get to that. The Bengals are in the big game. First time since 1988, the last time the Bengals played in the FC Championship game. Their quarterback was Boomer Esiason. But we've got to get to the uh, the tragedy that went down on Friday night uh, in Harlem. Bernie, of course, uh, two police officers shot. Uh, One was killed, Rivera. His partner is in very, very serious, very serious condition. The third officer who actually killed the perp is having a rough couple of days as well, obviously mentally, but five cops have been shot since Eric Adams has taken over. Uh, The crime has gone through the roof. Miranda Devine does a wonderful job in today's New York Post of pointing out how Eric Adams is basically all talk, something I've been saying now for months and months and months. It was basically me, Curtis Sleewart, and Greg Kelly, but everybody else now is coming around. And unless he starts doing some really serious stuff, practical stuff, I mean, get rid of bail reform, you know, get the anti-crime unit back, some really serious stuff, he's going to be all talk, and the crime in this city will be just as bad, if not worse, than it was, Bernie, under Bill de Blasio. You're absolutely right. I mean, for him to... uh essentially be politicizing this, talking about the uh, flow of guns. Yeah, we have uh, too many guns in the city. That's too late. That is a root cause. you got to address the immediate problem right now, which are these very, very lenient laws. That is the, uh, that is, uh, that's paramount right now. And that starts with bail reform. Have you heard him call out Carl Heasty, the Speaker of the Assembly? No. Have you heard him call out uh, Stuart Cousins, the Speaker of the uh, State Senate, who are tr- in, they're dug in. They're not going to change this uh, this no-cash bail law. I mean, have you heard them call out nope. the uh, the New York City Council about refunding the damn police? Have you heard them? No. Now, that would be a third step, too. The, the, the get rid of bail reform, reform it. Uh, obviously, refund that billion dollars you took from the police almost two years ago. Get the anti-crime unit back. Those are three things that he can do. Any one of those three that would show you, Bernie, that he's doing something rather than just crying on the podium after the damage is already done. I, and I would add two more. Two more, which are, has he called for uh, the, the, the disbanding of the New York State Parole Board, which releases cop killers? Now would be the time. Right. To get, to fire those 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 low lives, in fact, jail them for releasing uh, 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 cop killers, which they did to a lot of fanfare in a lot of areas, and also uh, call out uh, uh, once again this uh, oft-mentioned uh, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. Right. Is Alvin Bragg still not going to prosecute resisting arrest, which directly impacts police and can directly get police killed? Uh, all these things, I haven't heard Eric Adams mention any one of those things nope. right now. So, all he's yes. talking about is uh, gun reform and gun laws. It's the Democratic mouthpiece, and that's all he is, is one big Democratic mouthpiece. So between the two of us, we just reeled off five things. Great job, Bernie. This guy could do any one of those, two of those, three of those to show that he's serious about fighting crime in New York and not just another politician. And uh, as we both talked about, he has mentioned none of those, none of those. And now you, you're hearing from people like Jamani Williams. It's way too late. People like Letitia James, they seemed very upset on Saturday morning, but they were all too ready and did recommend, uh, you know, taking money from the police and all that. I don't want to hear from these people today. I don't want to hear from you. I don't care how you feel today. Where were you before these cops got shot? Exactly right. You supported the policies that led up to this, essentially, is what you did. And one last culprit in all this would be, uh, well, not one last one, but one other one would be Shirley McRae. 
Yes. All, all these people, like this dude uh, that killed the, the uh, Officer Rivera and uh, gravely wounded Officer Mora. I mean, uh, this person was off his rocker. And plus he had priors and he was out on probation, all that stuff. But the, the mental health money, Charlene McRae, the, one, the, 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 the dude that pushed uh, the 40-year-old Asian woman onto the subway tracks to her death, he was out of his mind. That money maybe, maybe could have saved their lives. Where did that money go, Charlene McRae? You have blood on your hands. You have a lot to answer for. Somebody <laughs> should call her out as well. She's gone. He's out of office. You'll never hear from her again. And that billion dollars is gone, and uh, no one's going to get any answers from her. I like your idea, but that ain't never going to happen. You know, probably one last thing in, in, the, in the last 60 seconds of this uh, great opening segment with Bernie back. Christina walked in this morning. She said, oh, my God, we're going to war with Russia. Uh, you know, Blinken is uh, he's such a moron. He's every bit as dumb as Kamala Harris and Joe Biden. They are amassing troops by the second. Now, we're sending troops there for folks that are actually nervous, Bernie, that maybe we are on the brink of war. What would you say to them? I'd say to them that, uh, first of all, uh, weakness begets aggression. What we have is a weak, 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 feeble president and administration and a bunch of uh, you know, woke, uh, you know, mealy mouth weasels all around him. Uh, again, uh, the Russians may very well invade Ukraine, but who cares? I don't care. We, uh, we're worried about the, uh, Kamala Harris has said she's worried about the territorial integrity of the nation of Ukraine. What about the territorial integrity of our own border down in the, uh, you know, down in Texas, Arizona, et cetera, et cetera? What about that? And by the way, do you trust, does anybody trust the people who were responsible for the worst uh, national foreign policy disaster, which was Afghanistan, to manage something like this? Does anybody trust these idiots? Is, is General Lloyd Austin, the D defense secretary, is he, is, he, is he General Grant all of a sudden, this idiot? <laughs> I mean, give me a break. And when the, the commander-in-chief, this imbecile, if you think this is going to make your poll numbers go up, you fool, I mean, you're going to waste a lot. Nobody cares about the U Ukraine and Russia. They're like cousins. This is like a civil war. What are we doing? What, what the hell are we doing sending over troops? What a waste. Russia has a, an economy, by the way, uh, less than the size of Texas yep. economy. Yep. Less than Texas. It's not that big a deal. I mean, I'm sorry. There are ways to deal with this, but sending troops? I mean, these people are crazy. What do you? We can't possibly. We have no business getting involved. Uh, Ukraine is not a member of NATO, A, uh, and that's the only obligation we have is to NATO countries, which may, we may, may have to reevaluate re as well. But uh, either way, uh, I don't think we're going to have a ground war. But, uh, you know, these th things have a way of spiraling out of control. I would send those troops to the subways here in New York City. That's right. <laughs> Here's where we need the help. I have to, I'm worried about getting home every single day here in New York City. Like you, I couldn't care less. And the southern about border the being wide open as opposed to the uh, Ukrainian border. The fentanyl that comes across kills, I don't know, hundreds of thousands yeah. of Americans. So that has real consequences. This kills no Americans. Well, not yet. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Two great guests going to stop by today. It's a Monday. That means Rich Lowry, National Review. He'll be here at 740. He's always great to uh, wrap up the weekend. And they're making her debut on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show from Fox News and The View. Jedediah Bila will be here coming up at 9.05. She'll book out in November. Wanted to come on then. She'll come on now. So two great guests. Lydia reports. Beat Bernie. Bernie is back. The whole crew is here. Monday morning, it's 
AFC and NFC Championship Weekend right here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show. And we'll be back right after these short messages. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show, jaded man. That's what we all are these days. Uh, what a what a what a bleak, depressing January it's been. Jaded indeed. Uh, back here on the Bernie and Sid show, as I just mentioned, we are heard everywhere on the seventy-seven WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island News Talk one hundred seven point one FM, and also live streamed at uh, WABCRadio.tv. Check it out, folks. It's an interesting uh, studio. Be a little different than maybe what you saw last week or the week before. WABCRadio.tv. And uh, Sydney, uh, from what I understand, I, like I said, I was out of uh, commission last week, but it seems like the, uh, the whole uh, COVID crisis is waning. It's going down. The, the case, case rates are all down. Everything is down, down, down. So uh, the panic seems to have, uh, well, I don't know if it was unwarranted, but uh, hospitalizations, deaths, none of that increased. And uh, looks like we're climbing out of that. One positive note in this uh, what I call January month of Mondays. Uh, so I, I would say that. Would you concur? Yeah, no, we, we, you, you are 100 percent right, Bernard. We had Dr. Mark Siegel on the show last week. And, of course, uh, they have been exaggerating. We've been talking about this, you and I, for the better part of two years, even uh, at its worst point, COVID, at its worst point, they exaggerated. But certainly the Omicron has been one major exaggeration. And the numbers are down. And I'll tell you how you know you know it is uh, on the weekends, Bernie, I get up on Saturday and Sunday morning, have my coffee with Danielle. And we watch that uh, swill, and, and New York won. It's just swill. And uh, they're, they're more liberal than, you know, than Lester Holt, David Muir, and Chuck Todd put together. And they actually reported all weekend long the numbers have plunged. So if, if networks like New York won are telling you the numbers are going down, you can bet your ass the numbers have basically gone away. Yeah, and that's a, a very good thing. That, that didn't stop the uh, Biden administration, however, from putting a vax mandate in the middle of a supply chain crisis, in the middle of it, uh, putting a vax mandate on uh, Canadian and Mexican truckers coming into the United States. You think that's going to help the supply chain crisis? Or you think it's going <laughs> to maybe exacerbate Where the hell is Sneaky Pete, by the way? He's still out on maternity leave? You know guy? what's funny about Sneaky Pete is, uh, again, last week, I forget, who, oh, maybe it was Rich Lowry who will join you and I, Bernie, coming up in about an hour. Uh, but it was Rich. He said that right now, the person on the left, until Michelle Obama jumps in if she does, that has the best chance of winning that side is Pete Buttigieg. Kamala has no chance. Biden has no chance. Hillary can't win. He said Pete Buttigieg. Is that right? Was it him, Justin? It was Spicer, I believe. Oh, you're right. It was Sean Spicer who said Buttigieg is the guy to beat on the left. How about that, Bernard? Well, that's uh, very interesting. Uh, I, I think I might might take issue. I mean, he's a contender. There's no doubt about it. They have a weak bench, very weak bench. 
nobody very strong. You have Governor Gavin Newsom, who is, uh, you know, a, a big, uh, handsome guy, governor of a state, where Sneaky Pete really has no experience whatsoever. Uh, even though he's ruined the state, he seems to me like he would be a, uh, a viable contender. But who knows? I mean, it's such a long ways off. Uh, yesterday, they also had, uh, Sydney the... Uh, this big anti-vax mandate in uh, the District of Columbia. A lot of people out there. They were, uh, you know, they were sitting, they were actually playing meatloaf songs, believe it or not. <laughs> because yeah. poor meatloaf, uh, he passed away over the weekend, and uh, he was a very vocal anti-vaxer, very uh, yeah. an anti-vax mandate guy. Yep. yep. And a lot of people uh, on the left, as as they do, these these people are these people are savage, ruthless. Uh, they actually, uh, with with these folks, uh, with Meatloaf, they're glad he's dead. They're like, hey, yeah. God, get out of here, get rid- good riddance. I mean, to a certain extent, I will tell you, he died Thursday night. So on Friday morning, for example, yes, Fox News wearing a lot of Meatloaf. So did MSNBC. I got to give credit. I just destroyed New York One. But MSNBC, for example, those two animals, Joe and Mika, they did pay homage and respects to Meatloaf. So not everybody hated his guts. But but you're right. He, he was an anti-vax guy, and people do tend to get crazy with that stuff, especially a guy that you don't like anymore, but I still love. I still love him, uh, as you like to call him, Coward Stern. You know, it's funny you should bring him up. Uh, I guess we, we could do this now because uh, you, uh, Tucker Carlson actually did a, uh, a piece on uh, – Coward Stern, and, it's, it, and, and the graphics that he ran, and he played all the tribute, as I do as well, to the talent that Howard Stern has and has, has had, and uh, all the, the, you know, the, the, the pleasure and the uh, joy and entertainment that he's brought into our lives throughout the years. But something happened to him, and Tucker Carlson did a piece on him. Yeah, Thursday night he actually called him Coward Stern. He stole that from you. Yeah, that's right. He called him Coward Stern, but uh, he played some clips uh, since the new year. Uh, Coward Stern actually uh, slamming uh, Oprah Winfrey, of all people. Justin, you want to hit that one? And I'm really amazed by Oprah. I really am. I mean, on her Instagram, she likes to take you into her house where every night of Christmas is a big party, like a celebration, and she flies in a different chef. And I'm, you know, it's getting very confusing to me. You know, I see what's going on with COVID. Everyone's got it. Everyone's sick. People have 104 fever. I don't want to have 104 fever. I don't want to get sick. So I, I'm hiding. But everyone else is out running around. I see Oprah's got, she's having dinner parties. So, yeah, he went after Oprah with kid gloves, no doubt. But uh, as far as people who don't get the vaccination, he's wishing them dead. Uh, Tucker played clips. I'm not going to play it right now for you. Brutal, vicious stuff. Uh, I guess wishing Joe Rogan uh, dead, stuff like that. Uh, but he did. Uh, I'm going to play this because it involves Don Imus, and that's why I'm going to play this clip of. Uh, he had some dude on, some radio personality who I never heard of before. Richard Dore, I think his name is. Never heard of him either. But uh, he had him on, and the, Jim, the reason, Jimmy Dore. Jimmy, Jimmy Dore. Dore. The only reason I'm going to play it is because it culminates in a Don Imus reference. Uh, this is Jimmy Dore on how it's on, 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 on currently the the transformation from fearless radio personality to uh, you know some a coward who's afraid to go out even though he's vax boosted all that stuff and, and just nasty to people who disagree with him. Anyway, this is the dude Jimmy Dore reacting to uh, Stern's uh, well devolution. Take a listen. 
So this idea that the COVID patient is the person you should be angry at instead of the oligarchs who have been getting rid of hospital beds and ICU beds because they're not profitable, of course that's what Howard Stern does now because he is the status quo. There's no point to him anymore. He turned in, and so instead, you know, if you, you live long enough, you, uh, as a hero, you're going to, I guess, turn into Don Imus because that is what happened to, <laughs> oh, uh, to Howard Stern. And it is sad to watch. Uh, yeah. Is there anything that more hurtful that anybody could say about Howard Stern? No, there's really not. Uh, I don't agree. I, I, in fact, I wholeheartedly disagree. But uh, there's nothing more hurtful. In fact, I will tell you this, Bernie, that the overwhelming uh, message that I received the last two weeks in terms of messages about you saying you're going to be fine was, quote, if Bernie made it through Imus, cancer ain't going to kill him. <laughs> uh, yeah like and, and there's a lot of truth to that right bernard if you can make it through imus you can make it through anything that is uh, one hell of a crucible that uh, you and i both went through and uh, yeah uh, and a lot of other people but uh, that that makes a lot of sense i like that but uh yeah there you have uh the howard stern and the whole uh, covid crisis and joe biden screwing things up and sneaky pete and uh the whole story so anyway that's the silver lining to this ugly uh, month of January is that the crisis is waning and good riddance to it. Oh, yes. Let, you know what? I got to do the clip of the day. Pardon me, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, listen to the WABC radio clip of the day ahead of traffic and sports. Right now, uh, yesterday on Sunday mornings at 830, uh, Mr. Katz, Katz Matidis does a show called Katz Roundtable at 830. Kicks off a day of great political talk right here. He talks to Dick Morris. Take a listen. What's going on in politics in Washington? I did a poll with John Jordan and John McLaughlin, Trump's pollster, was the guy who took the survey. We interviewed a thousand black voters in the U.S. And our goal was to find out what it is that would make them switch to the Republican Party. And what we found is that the Republican Party is about to double its vote share among black voters. Now it looks like as many as 25 to 30 percent of the black voters may be ready to vote Republican. And almost two-thirds said they felt taken for granted by the Democrats. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. What a weekend of NFL football. Some saying the greatest NFL weekend in the history of the game. It all started Saturday afternoon with the one seed out of the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, 19-16 to the final score. The Bengals get a game-winning field goal late. This will be the first time the Bengals are back in the AFC Championship game since 1988 when Boomer Esiason and Icky Woods beat the Buffalo Bills en route to a 20-16 to loss to the Niners in Super Bowl twenty-three. Now, who will the Bengals take on next week? The last game of the weekend last night, and what a game it was. The Bills and the Chiefs, they combined for 25 points in the last two minutes. The Chiefs tied the game with the ball on their own 25-yard line, 13 seconds left. They tied the game, went into overtime, and Pat Mahomes is back in the big game. Looking to the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Chiefs! to the championship game. These two guys know each other. Unbelievable. This, this is just unfathomable. The Bills had won this game. It was over. Josh Allen with a perfect postseason. 
There it is, Nance and Romo on the call. It's the Bengals and the Chiefs from Kansas City, 3 o'clock on Sunday, for the right to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 56. On the NFC side, late Saturday night, the Packers, the one seed, taking on the upstart 49ers from the Super Bowl just two years ago, and San Francisco is moving on. Kick was down the middle, and good! 49ers win it! San Francisco is moving on with a 13-10 win here at Lambeau. The other great game this weekend, Tom Brady will not get Super Bowl win number eight. His Buccaneers beat at home by the Rams 30-27. to How about Matthew Stafford? Never won a playoff game, lost twice in Detroit, now playing in the NFC Championship game. The Niners at the Rams kicks off at 6.30 Sunday night, again down to the Final Four before Super Bowl 56. NBA last night, the Knicks won. Did the Nets win? I don't even know. Nobody no, cares. Uh, no. They didn't win. Okay. Uh, they didn't play. They didn't it's play. all about football today. That's your update brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day at PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers with sports. I'm Sid. Could you whisper in my ear the things you want to feel? i give you anything to feel it coming. Do you wake up on your own? I wonder where you are. With all your faults, I want to wake up where you are. I won't say anything at all. So why don't you? 643 Monday morning, back here on the Burning and Sit in the Morning Show. Bernard, thank God, is back today. Quick shout out Dolores' brother, Lou Spagnola, hero cop out of Patterson, New Jersey, puts his life on the line every day. Anytime a cop gets shot, I reach out to Lewis because I'm always nervous. Something's going to happen to him, and, and he's uh, very, very vociferous on Facebook and social media about his brothers and sisters when, in fact, a tragedy like we saw in, in, in Harlem on Friday happens. So a shout-out to Lewis who listens every morning. And you remember, Bernie, on the day we honored the cops here at WABC, Lou came on, and he stole the whole day that day, didn't he? He was, uh, he was definitely the star, uh, just a, uh, epitomizing what a police officer is. As uh, was Jason Rivera. I mean, the words that he he spoke when he was in high school and uh, some of the stuff he wrote after he became a cop. But, yes, Lou Spagnola, again, humility, uh, service, and just, uh, I would say, nobility. I mean, that's what what police officers do. And he was, the uh, again, the embodiment of all that. Love that man. He he was great that day. And I I visited him at the uh, precinct in Patterson, and that was a big thrill. Now, Rivera, uh, what you're talking about, Bernie, is before he even became a cop, I guess you have to write an essay to say why you want to become a police officer. And he said, listen, I want to improve the community, the relationship between the cops and the people, which was really beautiful. And uh, what happens? Well, what happens is he gets killed by some maniac. In Harlem, and uh, not exactly what um, what uh, what he was talking about when he wrote that essay, where he talked about improving relations between everyday civilians and the police officers in their community. Really, uh, yes. Again, just so sad. Exactly what you want. A, you know, he was a Dominicano. Uh, I mean, and, 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 and all he wanted to do was serve. That's what you need in the police department in New York City and some of these gritty neighborhoods. Right. A guy like that, a leader, uh, I saw uh, countless uh, people who followed in his footsteps were joining the academy because of him, and now he's gone. And it's just absolutely just so heartbreaking, but uh, hopefully his legacy lives on, and uh, 
you know, something good comes from this. Uh, I just yeah. really, really pray that that's the case because otherwise, uh, you know, you just you just despair. Yeah. So you got you got to hope. I, I have no hope. I have zero confidence. I hate to say that that anything good is going to happen from this, other than he will always be remembered as a hero. His beautiful wife, who's in today's New York Post, saying beautiful things about Jason. Uh, certainly, uh, she uh, is on the hearts uh, of every New Yorker today. But in terms of making things happen, I have zero confidence because in the end, I'll say it again at the risk of repetition for the millionth time, Eric Adams is a puppet. He was a paper cop. He wasn't a good cop when he was a cop. Bernie Kerrick has told me that on this show a million times. You know, to he your is point, a puppet. The truth of the matter is he had really no uh, arrest record. You know, he did. He wasn't a, a proactive cop. He, no, he, wasn't, he did nothing. He, all he did was right. cause trouble with that stupid uh, hundred, uh, what was the name of that unit that he put together? Uh, guardians and law enforcement or something like that. Whatever the hell they called it. Yeah, he was a complete and total troublemaker. I remember it clearly uh, back in the day. And, of course, that's the reason why uh, our colleague in the afternoon, Greg Kelly, is so, so <laughs> livid over this guy becoming mayor is because uh, he re- he remembers all that stuff. Yep. He, yep. He, uh, he demonized Ray Kelly, who was the furthest thing from a racist, and he characterized Kelly as such. At every turn. He did the same thing to Rudy Giuliani. Let me remind folks that when they said to him during his campaign, you may want to go back to the Giuliani days, and he said, let me tell you something. This is a fact. He said this. He said, Giuliani's tactics were racist. I'd rather go back to the David Dinkins days. Are you effing kidding me? And by the way, last I checked, the guy that murdered the cop on Friday in Harlem was not a white supremacist. This despite the fact he hired his brother to protect him and New Yorkers from the issue we're having with white supremacy. This guy, Eric Adams, is a joke and has been from day one. Now, let's get away from him for a second. Uh, You're going to be proud of this young lady here, Bernie Christina who is uh, becoming a, uh, a major part of this cast. She has uh, she did something Friday night, which you and I have been doing, especially you, Bernie, the last couple of months, and she's completely come around on somebody, which you and I have now uh, probably about two or three months ago. What did you do Friday? Tell Bernie and the listeners, Christina. So I did watch my usual Tucker, but you know what? I saw that it was Bill Maher's premiere episode. Uh, you know, he took a little holiday break. And I said, I'm not a big fan of Bill Mars. I've never been. I said, you know what? I'm going to watch. And I was so pleasantly surprised by everything that he had to say. And I, I've been converted. You've been converted? I've been converted. You know what? He started off the show by talking about, as we know, the UK has basically lifted all mask mandates. No more masks in schools. No more vaccine passports to go to certain places. And said right away, we should be doing this. We should be getting back to normal. Uh, basically mocking the Democratic Party, saying, you know, they're supposed to be a party of science. Where's the science? And suggesting wear masks outside. Where's the science Uh, saying that we can get COVID walking into a restaurant, but we can't get it once we sit at the table? Uh, Saying they're a party of mindless bureaucracy, which I I feel like it's refreshing to hear, saying they're a party of no common sense and and really going after them, going after Supreme Court Justice uh, Sotomayor for for basically lying and, you know, giving giving false information. He was talking about Kyrie Irving from the Nets. And this this blew my mind because 
Kyrie Irving can play basketball on the road but not right. at home, where That's is correct. the science in this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> I know. Well, but the good news, Bernie, is that uh, you've been playing Bill Marquette on this show for about two months now. You've been completely converted. And because of you, I've been converted. Now Christina's been converted. Maybe today we'll start the uh, the Bernie and Sid Bill Maher fan club. <laughs> what do you think, Bernie? <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, he, he had some sort of an epiphany. The common sense, uh, traditional Democrat who's uh, pro free speech, uh, and again listens to the science, not just uh, you know, not a woke, not a woke, uh, you know, a woke weasel essentially. Yeah, a Bill Maher fan club, and there are a bunch of Democrats. You see, the polls are shifting. The polls right now outnumber uh, the, 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 most people say that they prefer the Republican Party. Believe it or not, like the forty-seven percent to forty-one percent over the Democrat Party. So. Uh, common sense is prevailing. The people are waking up, uh, and Bill Maher is a manifestation of that. Has been maybe maybe a catalyst for it, because uh, he was uh, he's a hardcore uh, yeah. leftist, you know, in a traditional sense. But these people today are psychos. They're crazy. They're lunatics. And by the way, on the mask thing uh, uh, down in the North, excuse me, down in Virginia for the first day today, kids will go to school. Not wearing masks. Yeah, thank God for Youngkin. That's what you get when Youngkin wins. If McAuliffe was still there, they'd be wearing six masks. So uh, thank God Youngkin got the win, and maybe the rest of the country will learn from that. Let's go to Kurt. He's in Staten Island on line four with a sentiment that we all agree with. Good morning, Kurt. How are you? Kurt! I'm here, Sid. Hey, pal. <laughs> How are you? All right. I will give you one minute. I just want to welcome Bernie back. Welcome back, Bernie. Appreciate it, Kurt. Thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, man. You know, you know. I want to say you and Sid are great together, man. You guys really are, man. You know, I'm, I Monday through Friday, I'm up. I'm up about five five thirty, and as, as soon as I get up, I put on the radio. I listen to a little bit of news before you guys, and your show is great. Thank you, Kurt. Thank, Thank you so. very much. And, 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 you know, if, if you were in front of me right now, I'd give you a great big man hug. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you you might hurt me, but. Uh... Since I can't do that, I'll just hug my dog. <laughs> my man. All right. Well, Kurt, thank okay. you for that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, bud. All right. Sid? Yes. You, you remember, I'm the pit bull guy. Yes, I know exactly who you are. Yes. And I wanted to tell you, you know, since I talked to you last, both of those dogs have died. Is that right? Yes, listen. Oh one of them was God. almost eight, one of them was almost eight years old, and we believed that he was poisoned. I live in a building, all right. That there are six apartments in this building, and we have this knucklehead lady downstairs. She puts insecticide outside her door. Oh my and God! We, oh my God. And, and we think that he inhaled some of it, and that killed him. And the other one died under the knife. She was. Uh, her, uh, apparently, her uterus ruptured, and it oh caused an infection, God. which. Which spread into her stomach and ah, so she died about Kurt, two months ago. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. I, I, uh, I can tell you this, Bern. I know that you've got those two beautiful dogs that you put on Facebook all the time. And you know my history. I came to New York with two Sharpays, uh, Zeus and Satchmo. They both died. This was my first time in New York in 2001. And then I vowed never to get a dog again. And then right after 9-11, before Ava was born, we were so lonely, me and Danielle. We went to the North Shore Animal League. We adopted Lucy. On an October Sunday afternoon during a giant Redskin game, and she lived 14 years. And now on my bed stand, next to my bed, Bernie, I've got three pictures of Zeus, Satchmo, and Lucy. Three dead dogs. I'm done. I can't. It, it, it broke my heart every single time. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Well, that's because uh, you're a compassionate human. Anybody that doesn't feel the way you do about losing a uh, little pup, a dog, whatever, 
at whatever age, they're always still pups to me. You know, I mean, but either, yeah, I, I, I lost. We lost one here in the McGurk household, and uh, we have a picture, pictures of it all, all, all over the place. Zuzu, Zuzu, and now we have two beautiful pups, and uh, it just you, 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 you draw an attachment to them yeah. uh, that, that's on a level of uh, human attachment is what it is. It's true. So yeah, to, to you, you get them and you know inevitably. Uh, you're going to lose them, and it's just going to kill you. So uh, it's a tough call. But uh, anyway, I wouldn't want to live without the dogs, to be quite honest with you. All right, Bernie is back. You hear him. He sounds great. Shout out to Jennifer Harrison, public advocate. Public advocate. <laughs> yeah, she is kind of a public advocate. She's listening this morning. Great job, uh, Christina, in this segment. Still to come, Rich Lowry in the 7 o'clock hour. Jedediah Bila in the 9 o'clock hour. Lydia reports beat Bernie, plus a full board of phone calls. Lots of folks want to welcome Bernie back. And, of course, a phenomenal, not a good, a phenomenal weekend of NFL playoffs. All that and more. Welcome back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on this Monday. Hello, baby, hello. Haven't seen your face for a while. Have you quit doing time for me? Or are you still the same spoiled child? Let me send a uh, great song, by the way, Elton John Harmony. A hearty congratulations to my gorgeous wife, Danielle. After once again completing another big race yesterday, the Fred LeBeau Half Marathon in Central Park. I know Corey Zelnick had a good run day, too. I think he beat her. But um, she did another great job. Her 61st medal overall as she gets ready for the New York Half coming up in March. It was tough yesterday. Frigid conditions. But Danielle went out there and kicked Major Urs early in the morning doing her 13-plus mile run. Major Urs, congratulations, Danielle. Another God big bless run. her, man. She's right, amazing. Burn. Unbelievable. She's wow. a rock star. She's the champ. All right, one hour in the books. Hour number two with Bernie back. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Coming right back on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm back with my boy Sidney. The Bernie and Sid Show heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM also. You can check us out. It's a different configuration in the studio. WABCradio.tv on your smart TVs, on your computers. Check it out. You're going to like what you see. WABCradio.tv. Uh, Sydney is here. I'm back, as I said. I had uh, some chemo last week. And, uh, you know, it does what chemo does. And uh, I feel like it was a lost week. But uh, it's all for all for the better, ladies and gentlemen, all for the better. And uh, I feel a little better this morning than I did last week. And uh, it's really great to be back with my good partner, Sid Rosenberg. And, you know, Sidney, uh, we were just talking with Christina about Bill Maher. And uh, in a general sense that I, I mentioned that uh, there's common sense returning to the electorate in general. People waking up, and to, and to that point, your friend Chuck Todd, and I know he's a good friend of yours. He stuck with you through thick and thin, despite the uh, the back and forth that we had on the show with me and him with Trump and all that stuff. 
Uh, he yesterday on Meet the Press, Chuck Todd, he put it all in perspective as as to how how essentially the Biden presidency is over. I, I think I mentioned this last week. Somebody tweeted. Uh, help, my presidency has fallen and it can't get up. And by the way, this is now the second consecutive week that Chuck Todd has done that Sunday on Meet the Press. He did the same thing last Sunday. You and I had it Tuesday. So now it's two weeks in a row that Chuck Todd has taken Joe Biden to the woodshed. And he pulled absolutely no punches, called it uh, really uh, the way it was. In my estimation, anyway, listen to uh, what Chuck Todd said yesterday on Meet the Press. I'm going to start with the perhaps the most important number to understand the direction of the midterms, its job approval here. The president's job approval rating sitting at 43 percent. History shows that kind of presidential approval rating leads to a shellacking for the party in power. How about the mood of the nation? Well, let me show you this right now. Our nation's on the wrong track number, sitting at 72 percent. Second poll in a row where we've been over 70 percent. This is only the third time in our polls history over 30 years where we've had two tracks that uh, were that off. That, again, would put you in shellacking territory for the party in power. So this, uh, as we have uh, a complete and total incompetent, incoherent, uh, and I say this, I take no pleasure, imbecile, a commander in chief who's leading us into a war that we talked about a little earlier. But here's stupid, my problem. idiotic war. I'm sorry, go ahead. But, but here's my problem with all of this. If all these people, uh, and you did a great job of pointing out Chuck Todd, now two weeks in a row, there have been others the last couple of weeks, uh, the, the people you would least suspect, Bernard, that have taken shots at Joe Biden. But here's my problem. It's not as if they're going, I got to tell you, now that I think about it, it wasn't so bad when Trump was president. If they were saying stuff like that, I'd feel better. So my point is, yes, now they're coming to the realization Joe Biden is no good, but there's still going to be Democrats. And no matter who's running next time around, whether it's Buttigieg or Harris or Hillary, they're still not going to be rooting for Republicans and or Donald Trump. I want both. I want them to, 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 to destroy Joe Biden and say it wasn't so bad when Trump was president. They'll never do that. Well, you may be right, and uh, but I would say this in response is that we don't need everybody. We need just we we just need some people. We need some from the other side to you know experience this epiphany that we talked about. And uh, it seems like a lot of people have experienced an epiphany, and maybe they'll realize that voting uh, the R, pushing the R button, or circling the R, that's the way to go if you want a better life in the United States of America. I mean, with the uh, Supply chain shortage, uh, the the border, uh, Afghanistan, going to war with Russia. I mean, that would never happen. By the way, uh, it, it was Russia that took Crimea from the Ukrainians in 2014 under Obama. That's right. Weakness begets aggression. People know that. You have a Democrat in office and, uh, well, they, they just trample all over him because they know they, don't, they just don't take them serious. Nobody's going to take sneaky Pete Buttigieg serious if he's the commander in chief. We're going to have the same t- types of problem, I think, anyway. But uh, this guy, uh, Biden, his his thing is over. He's, 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 he's absolutely lost his mind. That slip he made last week about, uh, you know, Russia invading Ukraine, a minor incursion, there's no biggie, blah, blah, blah. I'll get to that in a second. But listen to what he said, Joe Biden, about Kamala Harris. He said this over the weekend. I mean, and d- does anybody believe this? Listen to what he said. Cut one, Justin Ellick. I love you. You always have my back. You're really amazing. You're the best partner I can imagine. Kamala Harris, you are. I love you. You always have my back. You were the guy. I was that little girl when you were uh, just trying to stop integration, you racist old white bastard. 
Uh, and she always has his back. Is that true? Well, I don't he did think say last week too, after that uh, or Thursday, that he was going to run again, which is ridiculous, in 2024, and Kamala would be on his team again. And somebody asked why, and he said because she's doing a really good job. And then it was up to us to figure out what she's done well. And I have an 0 for 1 on the border, and that's it. But he actually said last week she's doing a really good job. He's uh, well. Here's the thing. He is. Uh... He's really, really not there. Again, I'm going to lead up to this, uh, what he said about Russia. But uh, he also, you know, he can't remember names of his cabinet members. He can't remember names of opposition uh, Republican leaders in the House. Play cut three. Just read, This is important. Cut three. This guy is, he's not there. And everybody knows that that's why we're in such a dangerous position. Cut three, Justin. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than, than, uh, uh, Deanne uh, uh, Criswell of uh, Alfema, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the the sec- secretary of the uh, of the uh, uh, se- secretary Austin, Javier, Mr. Secretary, you can come up to a solid meeting with um, with uh, huh. the uh, Republican oh. leader in the House. Couldn't remember his name, Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> Could not re- So those are just small examples, and that's why when he said last week about, uh, well, it's okay if Russia's, uh, if, it's, if it's a minor occur- incursion, it'd be no big deal. He blurted that out. He wasn't supposed to. He tipped our uh, uh, national, uh, uh, our secret policy towards Russia and Ukraine. He tipped the Russians off when he said that. L- listen to what he oh, said. Oh, no, he gave Putin a green light to go in. He said, he basically said, Go ahead, do what you got to do. But he wasn't supposed to mention it. Of that course was, not. That, that was supposed to be their backdoor hey, strategy. Look, look he, he also lied uh, the same night where he gave Russia the green light to go in and do what they wanted to do. He lied. Now, Kirsten Welker, of all people, Kirsten Welker, NBC, said to him, look, last week in Georgia, you said that people that don't agree with this voting rights bill, you compared them to Jefferson Davis and, and, uh, and all these horrible people. And he said, I never said that. And then, of course, we went back last week and we played the audio. He absolutely said it. So he's got moments of cognitive issues like you're playing now, Bernard, and then he just flat out lies. And then he gives Russia, right. like you said, the green light to go invade the Ukraine. A complete, yeah, exactly. He's a liar. He's been a liar from uh, the get. But uh, that whole uh, speech where he just called anybody that opposes his policies racist, bigots, Jefferson Davis, uh, Bull Connor, all that stuff. I mean, that was really the beginning of the end when Democrats started turning on him, said, yo, that's too much, uh, Joe Biden, imbecile in chief, essentially. Uh, that was that. Now, yesterday, I, I talked about also he's, he's leading us into war, into some st- stupid war against Russia that we have no business. I mean, we talked about it earlier. We have a, 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 Kamala Harris talked about the territorial integrity of the uh, Ukrainian border, but uh, she's supposed to be in charge of the territorial integrity of the United States border and doesn't care a rat's ass about it. I mean, how can we take these people seriously? Uh, so, but yeah. Anyway, he uh, he's, he's involved in that. Of course, the COVID thing we talked about. He just imposed a vaccine mandate on truckers coming in from Canada and Mexico in the middle of a supply chain crisis. How stupid is that? It is absolutely uh, in- inconceivable. It's it, again, it makes no sense. It only hurts the American people, especially as the COVID crisis is waning. These guys are in their trucks by by themselves. I mean, who cares? What are they, who are they going to breathe on? 
Let them deliver their stuff and come in, and we, we need it. We need it in a bad way. And uh, as far as uh, uh, the COVID thing, again, um, we mentioned earlier, Glenn Youngkin down in uh, Virginia, starting today, kids will go to school for the first time not having to wear a mask, for the first time. And uh, that's a big deal. But uh, I, I also saw this. Uh, this made the rounds. Miranda Devine actually retweeted it, and so did a couple of other people. Uh, but uh, it was a second-grade yearbook, Sydney, second-grade yearbook from, I believe, the state of Oregon. And it has all these kids in the yearbook, all of them masked. It's, it's such an eerie picture. And Miranda Devine says, just imagine when these kids get older, the retribution they're going to, going to exact on the people that inflicted this horror on these kids. Uh, so... I mean, it's, it, you know, the, these Democrat policies, which they're all backing away from now, I think they all realize how bad they were, which is why the poll numbers and uh, Chuck Todd and everybody, Bill Maher, are turning on these people. Uh, people are uh, experiencing uh, epiphanies, revelations, whatever. And, uh, and it's a good thing to see, but it's a horrible thing that we had to go through it, even though people like you and me were saying it, and a million other people were saying it in real time. Uh, what does that make us, uh, Sid? Some sort of uh, geniuses? Some sort of uh, well, what are uh, we? What are we? We're smarter than Dr. Fauci, for uh, God's sake. Well, yeah. Well, no, we're not smarter. Uh, Dr. Fauci is worth ten million dollars. He's got an agenda. He's got every reason to do what he did. So he's really smarter than you and I. What well, you and I, though, uh, we're fearless because even folks who may have agreed with you and I back way back when were afraid to say it at the risk of angering maybe their family, their friends, some of the people on the street. You and I, we didn't give a rat's ass. We said from day one, this thing has been over-exaggerated. We said from day one, don't shut down our businesses. We said from day one, stop lying about the amount of deaths. A guy gets shot in Chicago. He had COVID. He died of COVID. So you and I were honest and fearless at the very least, if not smarter than most people. And one last thing, uh, well, maybe two last things. Uh, the, the vax mandate protest, uh, the anti-vax mandate protest, down in D.C. yesterday, talking about common sense Democrats. Today you have these woke psychos, is what you have. And then you have common sense Democrats like Bill Maher, like, well, I don't know, Glenn Greenwald, Alan Dershowitz, people like that, for free speech, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, RFK, RFK, they renamed the, the Triborough Bridge uh, to my everlasting uh, chagrin. Uh, anyway, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., he, they, they were playing a speech that he made about vax mandates. Believe it or not, I haven't heard it, but I just want to hear. Uh, Justin's going to play it because, uh, well, kind of for laughs. You know what I'm saying? Take a listen to this. The other really disconcerting part of this pandemic response has been what I call the information chaos, the orchestrated confusion and fear, the complete absence of any good information on all the things that our public health agencies ought to be telling us so that we can individually, with our physicians, evaluate the risk. We were manipulated, and the press was manipulated in telling us all that every American faced the same threat as elderly people. And that meant that we could not have a rational response that protected the vulnerable and protected people in our livelihoods, our culture, our political freedoms, our constitutional rights, and our values, which are all ultimately public health issues. 
Well, that was my bad. I actually thought it was uh, the uh, yeah. I thought it was his dad. Yeah, I thought we were going to get this here, the anti-vax vax mandates are no good and all. But that this is uh, this was his son, RFK, who obviously is uh, struggling with some sort of affliction with his speech. I, I could have sworn it was his. Uh, they were playing speeches from his dad, tapes of his dad. But uh, but anyway, he's making eminent sense as well. Another common sense Democrat. This uh, he- heavy-handed uh, government mandate, this dictatorial fascist uh, policies. You, you know where they. They tell you how to live your life. I mean, it's just uh, it's just no good. And again, uh, yeah, epiphanies, revelations, all welcome. Bill Maher, Chuck Todd, RFK, welcome to the fold, uh, uh, guys and, and gals, uh, because, uh, well, it's been too long, but uh, it's good to have you now. And we're back uh, maybe on a common sense track. All right, Rich Lowry is going to join us coming up at 740 every Monday, National Review. He's always great wrapping up your political weekend with me and Bernard. So Rich Lowry coming up at 740. Bill O'Reilly's morning message coming up at 725. And then a movie that I saw this weekend, which I have to tell you about, which you have to watch. If you care at all about our men and women, which most of you do in our audience, putting their lives on the line every day in countries all over the world, this movie is going to rip at your heart. All that and more, Bernie and Sid, on a Monday. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Monday, I have been thinking about President Biden's press conference last week and how there were no questions about the surge in violent crime in America. So the stats are there. Every one of those reporters in the White House know that violent crime is surging in America's major cities. Do you think they might ask the president why he thinks that's happening? No, as John Bellucci once said. So the reason that violent crime is out of control is that the punishment for violent crime has dissipated because the progressives who run most of the major cities do not believe that violent criminals should be harshly punished. They believe that anyone who commits an act of violence is a victim himself or herself because society has forced them into that circumstance. Now, with that kind of loopy, insane point of view, and with no bail laws, and with the police drawing back because they're demonized, yeah, violent people are going to be more violent. And that's what's happening. You've heard the expression crime and punishment. Punishment is what deters crime. This country will get back to the punishment because the violent crime surge is out of control. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on.
Eagles. Love will keep us alive at 729 on your Monday morning. We'll talk to Rich Lowry coming up in about 10 minutes. I know that uh, Bill O'Reilly sent you something nice, right, Bernie? Did you get it yet? Uh, I have not. You okay. spoiled the surprise, Sydney. Oh, I ruined it. Well, that's fine. And, no, that's uh, not. You know how many nice people? I mean, I can't even tell. Pete Morgan. I mean, just a, a million people. Uh, just, I just can't even tell you. Yeah. I actually got a, a, a call from Cardinal Dolan. Believe you it did. Or not. Yeah. He was with, um, who was with? Bo oh, Deedle. Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle. Well, Bo right. Deedle was the catalyst for right. the whole thing, no doubt. Yeah, he but, sent uh, me a picture of him in the Cardinal. And then I got a call on uh, Saturday or Sunday from Christopher Mad Dog Russo, who was worried sick about you. How about that? The dog. Uh, yeah, wow. Listen, uh, a million people, Mike Breen, Corey Zelnick. Oh, I, I can't even count them all. People in my personal life, my my cousin Stacy uh, uh, Stacy Corcoran, who was the, one of the top oncology nurses at Mount Sinai, excuse me, at the, uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering, uh, just unbelievable kindness uh, that uh, coming my way, encouragement, prayers, et cetera, et cetera. I can't even express my gratitude to enough people right now. I just Good. can't. Well, so you're at home much. resting a lot, as you should be. And so am I, by the way. Once I leave here, I go to the gym and pick up Gabriel, do stuff like that. But I spend a lot of time watching television. And it's not all politics and sports. As you know, Bernie, I watch a lot of TV series, a lot of movies. Anytime I see something good, I feel compelled to share it with you guys and the audience. So I did sit down on Friday night with Danielle, and we watched this movie, A Journal from Jordan which Michael B. Jordan, you remember when you and I were there, the opening weekend, Bernie, they actually, Jim Allen made sure we were there. The oh, yeah. Hard Rock in New Jersey, and they had us up on stage smashing guitars, and I was standing right next to Michael B. Jordan. You remember that? One of the highlights of yeah. uh, our partnership on the radio. Yeah, it was great. It Terrific. was great. Mighty Max uh, uh, from uh, the, the Springsteen, uh, Springsteen's Eat Street Band. So long story short, he, um, Denzel Washington is not in the movie, but he directs it. He may have even written it. It's brilliant. And Michael Jordan plays a, a, a veteran, a war veteran. And he is, um, he is deployed to Iraq after 9-11, after the buildings came down here in New York City, which he was watching on television like most people. And um, his wife was pregnant. She ended up having a little boy. And he was so nervous and she was so nervous that he was going to die in action that he started writing a journal for his little boy uh, to make sure that his little boy had something from him, you know, how to become a man and what he thought about life if, in fact, something bad happened to him. I'm not going to give you the rest of the movie, but I can tell you that the, the wife, this lady Dana Kennedy, she actually worked at the New York Times until 2016, which I think was the year, Bernie, that me and Dove Hikind and Alan Dershowitz and a host of others went to the New York Times building and uh, started this huge rally outside after that horrible cartoon right. of Bibi and Donald Trump. Yeah, and uh, she left there. Now she's a big shot at Simon and Schuster, which is funny because my new book, Citizens United, set to come out around July the fourth, is done by Anthony Zaccardi and Post Hill Press, which is a subsidiary of Simon and Schuster. So I said, guys, we got to get this lady on. This movie is doing really well on Amazon Prime. And if you love this country and you appreciate what the men and women out there do for us every day, you're going to love this movie. Bernie, you're going to love this movie. What's the name of it again, Sid? One more A time. Journal for Jordan. A Journal for Jordan. I'm in, bro. Yeah. I'm, uh, that's next on my list right there. You'll love uh, it. Denzel, of course, uh, you know, one of the greats as well. And uh, Michael B. Jordan, I understand. A terrific actor, but if Denzel's doing it, then uh, it's, it's, it's patriotic and all that. It is. I am totally, totally, and and based on your recommendation as well, 
uh, because your credibility is right up there with the Yellowstone. So, <laughs> Thank you. So I'm in. Yeah, that's worked out well, the whole uh, Yellowstone thing. i got some more shows for you, too. But check this one out, folks. Again, starring Michael B. Jordan, directed by Denzel Washington. A true story about an Iraq veteran, a journal for Jordan. Let's do it. what I'm saying. One of Rich Lowry's favorite uh, artists of all time. <laughs> Tone Loke, back on the Bernie and Sid show, by the way, heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you want to check us out. There's a new configuration in the studio, folks. Very interesting. WABCradio.tv on your smart uh, TVs, on your computers, WABCradio.tv. Again, he joins us every Monday morning. He has been for the longest time. We love this guy. He's the editor of the National Review. His name is Rich Lowry, and uh, here he is. Good morning to you, Rich. Hey, was, was, that, was that funky cold Medina? Exactly right. See, you All know what right. time it is. I've never know. I've never understood what funky cold Medina is, but it's a great song. Exactly. You see, you can't put Rich Lowry in a box, man. He's, he's <laughs> down with do Tone Loke. Is that blue pill? Funky cold Medina. <laughs> <laughs> the blue chew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, could very, that could be the name for it. It's a good marketing ploy right there. This guy's a genius. I'm telling you, this Rich Lowry. Hey, Rich. Before we get into politics, let's do the uh, you know the football thing. Yesterday uh, was, was an amazing, amazing day for football. Sydney and yourself always talk about it, and I think it's uh, obligatory that we bring it up right now. What are your thoughts? Well, I think Joe Biden would go up five points. He came out this morning and said what this country really needs is reform of the NFL overtime rule. Yeah, I mean, he, I couldn't agree can't more. can't have a game like that decided by a coin toss. Because, you know, if Josh Allen gets the ball, he's going to do exactly the same thing. So just change the rule so both teams get a touch no matter what, and then do sudden death. Seems simple. But, four, I mean, four incredible games. And they, they just got better and better. I'm a Titans fan, so it didn't end well for me. But that was, that was a good taught entertaining dramatic game and then you got the crazy blocked punt with the Packers then the crazy Tampa Bay near comeback and then one of the most compelling games of all time probably last night hey actually the New York Post said today it may have been the greatest playoff game ever I'm not sure that's the case but it was certainly one for the ages and you're right all four games uh, provided thrills I mean you came down to the last game before the Chiefs beat the Bills in Kansas City last night every single home team lost yeah. All three home teams lost, Rich. Yeah, on a, on a field goal with time running out. Right, exactly right. So it was exciting, and we're now down to the final four on the road to Super Bowl 56. But something I asked of you quite a bit when you were with me and Bernie, uh, when Trump was president, I would always end our conversations for years with, so how did Trump do this week? Before I started asking if he was going to beat Joe Biden, and uh, most of the time he said, ah, good week, ah, not so good. So we'll do it again. Joe Biden uh, I think I know the answer. What kind of week did Joe Biden, which Lowry, have this week? Yeah, I mean, j- just just horrible. That that press conference was <laughs> disturbing. You know, I, and I'm I'm not saying, you know, to just to, to mock the guy or because he you know messed up Kamala Harris's position and called her president or whatever or lost his train of thought. All of us do that at a certain level, but just have a especially as we get older. But have a president of the United States not able to answer a question in a responsible manner about a, a budding, perhaps, war in the middle of Europe 
is just astonishing. And he gets multiple bites at the apple, right? The first one, he says, well, if it's a minor incursion, that's okay. Then you have a reporter saying, uh, sir, you didn't just say a minor incursion would be okay. And he's like, no, you know, I didn't, I didn't say that. But, yeah, if they go in with a minor incursion, NATO's going to be divided, and we won't know what to do. And then he's asked again, and he, and he basically does, does the pundit role where he says, oh, you know, they're going to pay this huge price for going in. But I think they're going in. I mean, at this point, if Putin doesn't go in with at least a minor incursion, he's kind of an idiot. I mean, he's gotten the, the green light, and it doesn't matter how much the White House tried to walk it back. The president of the United States talked openly about these divisions in NATO that's going to make it hard to, to act in certain circumstances. So it, it, was, it was legitimately frightening. Legitimately, yes. And uh, we were all scared. We got three more years of this or something. We, we don't know what's going to happen. It really is. We're, we're in a terrifying time. And speaking of the Ukraine, of course, uh, Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid show, you know, uh, the, the, the administration has ordered the evacuation of Americans from Ukraine. And there's talk about them sending troops out to uh, uh, NATO countries in the eastern uh, in, in East, Eastern Europe. But the bottom line is that and, and, and you had Kamala Harris last week talking about the territorial integrity of the borders of Ukraine while she's in charge of the border down south and doesn't give a rat's ass about that. But that's another issue right there. My question to you is this. Do, they, we, do we trust these people, these same people who, who, who are responsible for the worst, maybe the worst foreign policy blunder, the Afghanistan withdrawal, to manage any kind of hostilities, uh, whether or not they're justified, with uh, Russia and Putin to, to do anything, for God's sakes? No, I mean, the worst case here is that you'll have a cascading series of failures. So the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan that showed incredible weakness helps empower, helps embolden the Russians to go into Ukraine. And then our weak response to Russia going into Ukraine emboldens the Chinese to go into Taiwan. Now, I'm not saying that's, that's all going to those dominoes are all going to fall, but that's that's the worst case. And I do think you know it's the right thing to buttress these other NATO countries uh, with with troops. We obviously should be talking about sanctions. We also should just be getting Ukraine all the weapons they need to make this as painful as possible for Russia. So they, they need the anti-aircraft weapons, they need the anti-tank weapons, and they need them right away. And th- this should have been happening for a long time, but we've been really slow off the dime on it. Uh, plus, you know, our, our allies like Germany, incredibly, although it's their neighborhood, have been incredibly weak on this as well and resistant to giving Ukraine the weapons it needs. I got to tell you, Rich, living in New York City, I know you live here too, I care less and less <laughs> about what's going on in Ukraine, in Russia. It's such a mess. We had this awful tragedy in Harlem on Friday night. Two more cops shot, one dead, now five cops shot since Eric Adams has taken over. And he goes up there on the podium, he delivers these speeches, and he says all the things you're supposed to say, but he does nothing. He hasn't done a thing. We came up this morning, Bernie and I, with five different things he can possibly do, from reversing criminal bail reform to hiring more cops to refunding the police. Just a variety of things he can do to actually show he's trying to do something. He does nothing. He goes up there, he says all the right things. But when will we get to the point? When will we get to the point, Rich, when somebody actually does something in this city to combat this crazy violence? Yeah, so the indications, early indications have not been good. I know you quit on them, was it, was it last week, Sid? You know, and, and this yep. week it looks a little better because the, the worry here is this guy is just a bloviator, right? That's all and he is. To say, to, to deal with the shooting of cops in New York City, 
Congress needs to pass gun control laws. <laughs> Come on. One, I mean, that, that's not the solution. Two, even if it were, Congress isn't going to do it. So, look, man, you, th- th- this is on you. This is what you campaigned on. This is why you're mayor. Get on the ball. And he says, you know, that he's, he's waiting to come out with this perfect plan. But let's see something. You know, I remember being in, in New York in 1993 after Giuliani came, came in, and it seemed to me nearly instantaneously you had announcements on the, the PA system on the subways, don't give money to panhandlers. Just there was a, a change kind of immediately. Um, not the most important stuff necessarily, but you could feel it. And there's none of that so far, and it's it's really worrying. Yeah, and uh, uh, Rich Lowry on the Bernie and Sid show, he's a media darling. What he has right now, maybe he can't. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not. He can't enact the laws, this and that. But he has the bully pulpit. He's got the yeah. attention of the media. He can call out the state legislature on this no, no cash bail law that that's ruining this city. He can call out the the, the Manhattan DA and say, hey. Revoke your policy of that you're not going to prosecute people who resist arrest. That directly impacts and may get cops killed. He can come out and say those things, and as Sid pointed out, a few other things. He's not using the bully pulpit to say any of those things, and that is a disgrace. That that is a that is a failure, a major failure on his part right now. Right? We can't wait. There's no no time to wait. Yeah. Another thing you knew knew about Rudy is just which side he was was on every single time, and. You know, he, and he was willing to outrage the, the supposedly smart and supposedly respectable people. And that took incredible courage. I thought at times, okay, Rudy's gone too far here. But after the city slid down over the last couple of years, I understood exactly why he's doing it. And we haven't seen that from Eric Adams yet. Now, fortunately, the Manhattan DA at least feels the need to tap dance a little bit and say, you know, this, this memo was a mistake or it's been misunderstood. But the problem is, you know, you, you get a guy like that and there's, you know, he's elected. There's nothing you can really do about it except for hammer him politically. And if he doesn't want to prosecute people, that's, that's going to shoot a, a huge hole, no pun intended, in, in, in any plan to improve the public order situation in the city. The great witch, Lowry. I want to go back to the national scene for a second. Uh, I don't know if you were listening or watching last Thursday. I usually do watch and listen. What if the Bill O'Reilly had Sean Spicer on? He's on Newsmax every night at 6 o'clock. And he was talking about the upcoming elections. And he said, and I don't want to go over whether or not the guy is good or bad. We know he was a horrible mayor, and he's done nothing as transportation secretary. He's home every day diapering his baby. He's an embarrassment. But he said <laughs> that he really believes that the guy that can win the left is Pete Buttigieg, that he would beat Biden today, he'd beat Harris today, he'd clobber Hillary Clinton today, and outside of Michelle Obama jumping in the race, he really believes that Pete Buttigieg has the best chance to win that nomination. What do you think about that? And that's a really interesting point. If that's true, the Democratic Party is even a worse place than I, <laughs> than I thought. But there was this poll last week that had just 30 percent of people or something like that wanting to Biden, Biden to run again. And only 40 percent, 48 percent of Democrats want him to run again. So that's a flashing red light of vulnerability. And, and it's just hard to believe he's actually going to do it. Hard to believe he's actually going to be able to run again. And then you get, who, who is it? And we've talked about Michelle Obama a lot. She would be their savior. I don't think she's the, coming in with the cavalry. So, so what? It, it, is Buttigieg a giant in, in that field? If, if so, they're in a really bad place. A horrible place. Rich Lowry again on the Bernie and Sid show. Hey, Rich, we talked earlier. Uh, uh, we have uh, 
uh, Christina Pastina, or, uh, you know, she's in the studio there. Anyway, she was talking about Bill Maher. We were talking about other Democrats. Chuck Todd yesterday about how, the disarray the Democrat Party is in. Forget 2024, let's, 2022. I mean, but it's, it, just, it just seems that the electorate, all the polls are showing uh, that the electorate is maybe experiencing an epiphany. The tide is turning on these uh, sentiments towards, uh, you know, the coronavirus uh, and, and everything else, crime, inflation. It seems like they're waking up. And uh, you wrote about Glenn Youngkin. And the, he, he, this today is the first day the kids will go to school in Virginia not wearing masks. And that's a big deal. And I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are of that sentiment more so than not, I believe, anyway. And that's that's partially pushing this whole shift towards the Republican Party, if you can believe it, here in 2022. Yeah, no doubt. Speaking of Bill Maher, there's a notable clip of Barry Weiss. She's a former New York Times writer, not one of us, but an anti-woke liberal. And she gave this you know, minute-long rant on COVID restrictions, how they've gone too far and how they're unscientific. And there was applause from Bill Maher's audience, which I think is, is a straw in the wind. And you, you look a lot of this stuff, and you're if you really delve into the, the facts and what's going on, they're just things you never would know from watching the mainstream media. You'd have no idea that the masking policy in schools in the United States is an outlier in the advanced world. No one hmm. has done it like this. No other health authority in the world is saying mask kids age two and, and above the way the CDC does. And there's just zero case for masking uh, young kids. Zero. I mean, the masks they're wearing probably do no good. They're cloth masks. They're not going to be worn properly for six hours a day or whatever it is. And they're, they're not really vulnerable, thank God, uh, to, to the virus. And But we're still doing this charade. And, yep. and when Youngkin says, okay, I'm going to let parents decide themselves, he's still treated as, as though he's, he's some sort of murderer who wants kids to die. It's insane. Bengals, Chiefs, quickly, who do you like? Chiefs. 49ers, Rams, who do you like? Rams. Chiefs Rams, Super Bowl 56, according to Rich Lowry. As always, not a good job, a great job, Rich. Thank you so much. You were great. Thanks, Have a great week. All right, you too. So, uh, by the way, you go, Christina, from somebody who was just hanging out at Gabriella's <laughs> at a brunch and, and shooting Botox, to now you got Bernard McGurk, a Hall of Famer, one of the all-time greats, <laughs> bringing you up unprovoked out of Quoting. nowhere in a Rich Lowry interview. Bernie, I'm so honored. You have no idea. Listen, I really am. Uh, it, it, we're all just Americans. That's who we all are. Nobody's better. Nobody's more important. Your uh, opinions and sentiments matter as much as anybody else's. And if they're on the money, I'm going to quote them. And that's why I'm quoting and, and, and alluding to what you said earlier. And uh, it, it was spot on. And that's why I did it. You want to uh, go smoke a cigarette downstairs I, now? I, I, I need a cigarette <laughs> and a drink. Yeah. I got quoted by Bernie. Guys, I'm done. Uh, thank you, Bert. Uh, that was good stuff, right? We got <laughs> a lot more to come. Uh, we got another guest coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Jedediah Beeler. She's a lot of fun. Lydia reports. Beat Bernie, and more of the news on this. Uh, it's it's uh, it's been a lousy month. There's no question. Bernie brought it up a couple of times, but today's a great day because Bernie is back, and we'll be back right after these short messages. Come on, let's go. I would do anything. 
Thank Back you. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Great two hours. I'm back. I am back, ladies and gentlemen. Just glad to be here with my buddy Sid Rosenberg, my great partner. And uh, we got a lot more to come. A lot more to come. All the day's news, the, uh, the sad, the tragic, well, slaying of the police officer, of the, of the uh, motorcade from the the hospital to the funeral home yesterday and uh, the well the the imminent impending war with Russia is that really happening I really don't know also uh, Elliot Spitzer is in the news right now not for anything good uh, we'll tell you all about it coming up here on the Bernie and Sid Hey now. Bang! Paul and Oates out of touch. Bill O'Reilly actually dedicated this song to Joe Biden on Thursday. said that he's never seen a president more, quote-unquote, out of touch. 8.05 on your Monday morning. Welcome back to the Monday edition of Bernie and Sid here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. The great Bernie is back and evident in uh, two hours of great radio we just put on. So it's great to have... Bernie back. Bernie, it's great to have you back, buddy. It really is, and you well, sound you, great. thank you, uh, It's great to be back, and uh, you're very kind to say. Uh, yeah, I had a last week, uh, four days, excuse me, three days, uh, four rounds of chemo, and uh, a lot of people have had it in the past. I had it last week, but uh, this week, I'm free. Free and clear, my brother. Free and clear. And you sound great. The whole crew is here. Justin Ellick, Luke Lagrano, Pastino Cristina, Frankie Diaz with an E, Mike Garcia, Deb Valentine, all here. We do have uh, uh, Jedediah Bila coming up at 9 o'clock. Lydia Reports coming up at 825 and Beat Bernie coming up at 940. I do want to congratulate my beautiful wife, Danielle, once again for kicking ass the Fred LeBeau Hip Marathon in Central Park yesterday. I know Corey Zelnick also completed it, did a good job, beat her actually. But uh, Danielle now 61 medals. And she's getting ready for the official New York City Hip Marathon coming up in March. And yesterday, those conditions were frigid. I actually went to the gym, Bernie, when she went to run the race. And I did my 90 minutes of triceps and abs and all that type of thing. Then I walked from 92nd and Broadway to Central Park West and 100th to meet Danielle by the finish line. And I was freezing. And she ran 13-plus miles in that. So congratulations to her and all the runners who did that yesterday. Something, Bernie, you've done many times in the past. I've done half marathons, yeah, indeed. Not in uh, that type of weather, however. But uh, I guess if you have to – I did it in hot weather. I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe it's easier when it's cold out. I, don't, I really just don't know. But congratulations to your wife. She is an amazing, amazing individual. She's keeping up with this uh, running all these years, marathons, half marathons. She is one hell of a, 
a, a, an ambitious individual. God bless her. Thank you. Thank you for that. And she's listening right now, and she sends her best and her love to you. Congratulations. To, uh, to Danielle, we had a great, great weekend of NFL playoffs. The Bills and the Chiefs did set an NFL record with 25 points in the final two minutes of that game, which eventually Kansas City won on their home field in overtime. So the final four, as they say in college basketball, is set on the NFC side, the 49ers, will take on the Rams for the right to represent the NFC in Super Bowl 56. The AFC side features Cincinnati taking on Kansas City for the right to represent the AFC in Super Bowl 56. So we have an exciting championship weekend coming up on Sunday, then a week off, and then, of course, the big one coming up in about three weeks. Uh, Two nice things. Danielle runs the half marathon. You get good football. Now we get to the stuff that is uh, depressing. And it's really more of what January is about in this city than the football or Danielle. And that is what we saw Friday in Harlem. Two cops shot, really execution style, uh, this crazy person in his Harlem uh, building. The mom calls the police. The police come. By the way, black family, no issues. I know that a lot of black people out there think that uh, cops hate black people, but they showed up willing and, and ready to help. And then as soon as they made their way towards this animal's bedroom, he threw the door wide open and started blasting gunfire. Even when the cops went down and were clearly, if not very seriously, injured dead, he continued to fire his gun until a third cop actually shot him. And now you've got one dead cop, Jason Rivera, God rest his soul. One cop in very, very serious condition. Five cops have now been shot since Eric Adams, the savior, took over that mayor job over three weeks ago. Crime is up about 60 million percent since he's taken over. Uh, I won't make this less about Eric Adams right now, more about the cops, Bernie, because once again, there are families all over this city that uh, come off a very, very tragic weekend. Oh, yeah. No, just uh, absolutely sickening. I, I'm so upset. I really am. This particular cop, uh, Officer Rivera, I mean, just uh, 22 years old, uh, from the Dominican Republic, I believe. He's a Dominicano. I know that. But just an inspirational individual. As a matter of fact, uh, when he was in high school, he was, uh, he was sort of uh, not lecturing, but uh, exhorting his fellow students to go out and, and, and make something of your lives. I mean, that's the, kind of, that's the caliber of this individual uh, who was killed, who was murdered by, as you point out, this animal. And uh, so, so, listen, play that clip of this uh, Officer Rivera in high school. Listen to just what he said. Again, the, uh, just the, 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 the person that he was. Take a listen to this. I want you to do it. Because when I was a freshman, I didn't have no one to motivate me. I want to motivate you. I want you to... To like, to hear me, hear my voice, and know that yo, y'all, y'all gonna get through it. Y'all gonna get through it. Y'all, you gotta put in the work. Y'all gotta put in a hundred percent effort. So there you go. I mean, just yeah. just a, yeah. a, a good kid, uh, you know, living in Harlem, trying to make the best of his circumstances, and. Uh, a couple of years later, 22 years old. A baby recently married, and he did write in his essay to become a cop. He wanted to help the, you know, he wanted to help uh, build that bridge between the community and the police, knowing full well how people treat the police officers, and he gets murdered in the line of duty. What a horrible irony uh, that is. But we do have to get to Eric Adams. He is the mayor. Numbers are up. Cop shootings are up. He was a guy that was going to turn this city. Now, it's unfair. It's only been three weeks. It's only been three weeks. But, but he hasn't done a thing. 
He gets up there. He says all the nice things. That's what Democrats do. You know, they they go up there. They say all the nice things after after they defund the police. They bash the police. Jamani Williams is sad today. F. Jamani Williams. Uh, what's her name? Letitia James is sad today. F. Letitia James. F. All of you. Screw every one of you degenerate dirtbags that for months and years want to defund the police and talk bad about the police and somebody dies, was supposed to accept your, yeah. your, your you, heartfelt F you. You all contributed of you. to this. You did. That's uh, right. Ka- Kamala Harris uh, was yes. setting up a fund to uh, bail out people who assault police officers. They're all of the same mindset, all of them. So uh, you, you save your crocodile tears. We're not buying exactly. it. Uh, you'll, uh, some action, maybe. So well, well, that's the thing. Well, action is right, because Eric Adams did say he was going to do something about this. You and I came up with three or four different things. Actually, you have to read in today's New York Post, Miranda Devine. Yes, she's a favorite of me and Bernie. Yes, we're kind of biased, but she's a wonderful writer, and she takes Eric Adams to task. Really repeats a lot of the same stuff that we've been saying, especially me, over the last couple of weeks. But she does detail three or four things Eric Adams can do. You know, get to refund the police who were defunded a billion dollars. Get that anti-crime unit back. Go to Albany and bitch about the, 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 the bail reform. Do some things that are going to help change things. Don't start worrying. Don't start talking gun control again for the millionth time. It doesn't do dick. It doesn't. That is maybe a root cause that will take a long time. The guns are there on the street right now. This, that, what, what he's doing is politicizing uh, the whole thing. It's, it's anti-gun. Uh, anti-guns is what it is. It's just not working. As you point out, you got this no-cash bail. You say he says all the right things. He doesn't. He says nothing about uh, that no-cash bail law. He's, he's got a shame. Call out people. Call out Carl Heasty from the State Assembly. Call out uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins from the state, uh, the state Senate. Call these people out who uh, are dug in on uh, not changing the no-cash bail law. Call out Alvin Bragg. I want to hear you call him out and say, Alvin, after what happened, I want you to change your policy on not prosecuting people who resist arrest. That will get police officers hurt and killed if you continue that policy. After what happened, now is the time to do that. I want them to call out the New York State Parole Board that actually paroles people who have killed cops. Call them out. You can do it. You have the bully puppy. You're a media darling right now. You can do these things. Do it now because uh, time is be- time is wasted. You know, it's funny you call him a media darling. And, and don't just stop at Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. Don't be afraid to call out Gonzalez in Brooklyn, too. He's part of the problem. It's not just Manhattan. These All these DAs and all these liberal judges, a lot of them Jews like me, they're all part of the problem, not just uh, Alvin Bragg. But there was a poll last week that said a few weeks in, how is Eric Adams doing? And, Bernie, the numbers were very favorable. I don't understand whether you're one of the 37% that thinks Biden is doing a good Good job. Favorable numbers for Eric Adams. What am I missing? What is going on in this city in three weeks? Not a lot of time. In three weeks that says he's doing a good job. Everything is going wrong. Yeah. Subway crime. Cops getting shot. Crime all over the city. What is he doing well? Well, I guess uh, it's like uh, turning a super tanker around. I mean, uh, it, it'll come. I mean, if he c- continues on this trajectory where he mouths platitudes about gun control as, as a response to cops getting killed, uh, I think that will change. I really do. I mean, I uh, so. and of course, if this crime continues, you had a, an 11-month-old girl shot in the face the other day. Somebody was uh, pushed onto the subway tracks just yesterday. Yep. I mean, if these things continue to happen, those numbers will change. I mean, right well, now he's, he's, he's enjoying somewhat of a honeymoon period. 
And he does say sometimes, he says, yeah, we're going to get the anti-crime unit back. Okay, well, let's get it back yesterday. Do it. What are you waiting for? Right. Another cop to get shot? Now, the other big story, of course, uh, the U.S. Embassy in the Ukraine are telling Americans, go home. Get the hell out of here. Uh, Biden is now considering deploying troops and warships to Eastern Europe and the Baltics. You and I are both on record a bunch of times this morning saying, hey, we're worried about New York City. Forget about the Ukraine. We're worried about New York City. But, but uh, war is still not a good thing, and this idiot can get us involved in one overnight. Very simply, Bernard, you're the smartest guy in the room. Are we going to war with Russia? Uh, look, uh, things have a way of spiraling out of control. They really do. Uh, unintended consequences that, that occur when you start engaging in uh, even tangential hostilities. Uh, that's what happens. That's the history of the world. That's the way it goes. And for, again, uh, let me just repeat uh, Kamala Harris yes, last week talking about we have to protect the territorial integrity of the Ukrainian border. Now, that is the border czar here who gives a rat's ass about our own border. But uh, beyond that, I mean, do we trust these people who are responsible for the worst foreign policy blunder in maybe the history of the United States, which was the evacuation of Afghanistan? Do we trust them to do anything regarding troops and, and get it right? I mean, General Milley, General Milley and uh, the, the, the Defense Secretary uh, Austin. Uh, Austin. Yeah. Are these people, uh, you know, Grant and Sherman? I don't think they are. <laughs> I mean, these people are not even close. And by the way. Who cares about Russia and the Ukraine? Russia has an economy less than the size of the economy of Texas. Let them fight if they want to fight. Let them do it. You want to send some arms? Okay, send some arms. Do not send any damn troops. No. What is wrong with these right. people are like cousins, the Russians and the Ukrainians. This is like a civil war. This is like this is like the Middle East. This is like the Sunnis versus the Shiites. We have no business getting involved in any of this. Ukraine is not part of NATO. It is not our business. This may be some effort that Joe Biden thinks, well, this will change the topic and, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'll get some of my uh, favorable poll numbers back. I, I don't know what it is, but it is extremely dangerous. And do you trust the president? No. So do you trust his foreign policy toward a government, in this case, the Ukraine, that paid his crackhead son millions of dollars? Obviously, he's favoring Ukraine. They paid his son millions of dollars. I mean, there's a conflict of interest here. I don't trust any of it. It is terrifying. It is scary. It is pushing uh, Russia maybe into the arms of China. I mean, China's the real threat. That, that they are the real th That's who we should be focused on. Let these, these, these barbarians do what they do in the middle of, uh, you know, the frozen tundra there in Russia, whatever well, the hell they do. Well, then give me the difference in 60 seconds. If we don't care and we don't about uh, Russia and the Ukraine, uh, tell me or tell the listeners why they should care if, in fact, China invades Taiwan. Because China is hell-bent on uh, global hegemony, and they have the power to do it. They've been doing it uh, economically. Uh, they're, they're, they're on a par to surpass our economy when, if, uh, at some point. Yeah. They are huge. Russia is a, pips, Russia is a, a pimple on the ass of China. Russia is like Staten Island. I'm sorry. It <laughs> it's funny. It is. It's really it's just it's it's a it's a non issue. It's it's all stems perhaps from the uh Trump Russia thing. I don't know. But even then Trump was the one who was toughest on, on uh Russia. He was the one. He was the one who wouldn't allow that pipeline 
uh, supplying energy from Russia to Germany that Biden allowed to, to happen, to occur. So I don't trust any of it, none of it, unintended consequences. Imbeciles, incompetence uh, is what you have down there in Washington, D.C. This is very, very, very dangerous stuff. And once you get involved, I mean, it's hard to, to, to pull back and turn around. Uh, so are we going to war? I certainly pray to God, hope not, because uh, this is no joke, man. This is really no joke. And the, these people need to think long and hard uh, before they do anything, sending troops to uh, our, our, our NATO, Eastern European NATO allies, sending troops and ships. What the hell's going on? All right. Good question. Lydia Serrani, Lydia Reports, is coming up next, 9 o'clock. Jedediah Bila. She'll make her debut on the show. She's very excited about it, I have to tell you. She texted me late last night, so that'll be fun. We'll play Beat Bernie coming up at 940. We've got all the NFL action from the weekend. Luke lost a ton of money. I don't know. How much did you lose? Be honest. 50000 Uh No, I'd probably say close to fifty. <laughs> Uh, not even $50, you mean? Yeah, $50. <laughs> you had the Buccaneers all over the place, didn't you? I sure did. I know you did. we got all that exciting stuff still to come. This is the Monday edition of Bernie and Sid, and Bernie is back. Sounds great. More of us right after this. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Oh, my goodness. You guys have been talking about the crime and the cops that were shot five already this year. I mean, can you believe it? Five cops already have been shot. One of the one of the cops that got shot, if you remember, in the Bronx, he was uh, fighting with a kid, a 16 year old kid. And it turns out that kid was a is a rapper and he already got some sort of advance from his record deal. And now he wants to use that money from his record deal to get to get out of jail. Because they actually finally held him on a cash bond because when he was arrested uh, two years before for having an illegal gun, he was treated as a juvenile and he was just simply let out back out out on the street. So this is what's happening. You can be caught with an illegal gun and they're just kind of letting you back out. And then they're wondering, the cops are wondering, Mayor Eric Adams are wondering, well, the cops aren't, but Mayor Eric Adams is like, hey, we're taking thousands of guns off the street. And for every five we take off, uh, we're noticing for every one gun we take off the streets, for every one, we're finding five more are still out there. Because it's not technically the guns. It's the people that are carrying the guns. And they've always been out there. They're always going to come in. It's almost impossible to stop it. What you need to do is to put people in jail. But Mayor Eric Adams, he did make a very... uh, salient points the other day when he said said the following about getting to the root cause of the problem about why we're seeing crime surging all across the city. Take a listen. We have to deal with the institutional problems. We have failed to educate black and brown children in the city of New York, if not this entire country. And we put in a new plan in our subway system that's going to increase mental health professionals and at the same time have my law enforcement personnel there deployed properly. That makes a lot of sense, uh, Lydia, a lot of sense. Finally hearing something, uh, and, and, and to your point earlier, about first of all, he, he doesn't know for every gun you take uh, off the street, yeah, five are coming exciting. on. There's no way to document that. He just right. made that up out of, out of thin air. But either way, uh, the, the, the influx of guns, the guns are here. But what you just said is the, the, the crux of the problem. Somebody's pulling those triggers. It's not the, the guns are not shooting off themselves. Somebody's pulling the trigger, and who is it? Why are they doing it? And I think Eric Adams just addressed it uh, uh, slightly in that uh, clip you just played. 
He did. He did. Because think about it. Why are these kids resorting to gang life? Why are they resorting to drugs? Because they don't want to work in McDonald's. They don't want to work minimum well, wage. They don't want to fa- be loose. We fail them. them. Our schools right. fail them. Yes, our, absolutely. $30,000 a year we spend on each kid. And, and a lot of them can't even read. They can't pass a simple English, any kind of other exam. It's embarrassing. And it goes deeper than that. It is the, uh, the government. It is the welfare state that has failed the black family it is the reason why there are a, a, a lack of a, a, a scarcity of dads in the black family. And that leads to this. You need a strong father figure. You need a full nuclear family if you're going to have a half a chance to succeed in this world. And in the black community, sadly, sadly, they don't have that. And that has to do with big government, has to do with, uh, again, our failing schools, and our stupid woke cu- curriculum, and it's, it's this emphasis they put on self-esteem and math is racist. That uh, you know, I mean, give me a break. Math is racist. What, what you're saying is that blacks are not capable of doing math. Is that what you're telling me? They've been doing math forever. Don't start that crap, and they have no chance then. So the, all these things lead to uh, well, what we're having today: people in the streets because they don't have skills. The schools have failed them. And those those are the people that are pulling the triggers. We need to address that problem. That is the root cause, as you pointed out, Lydia. Absolutely. Education is the greatest equalizer. And kids, they thrive on structure. I have a family friend, and she was debating whether or not to – she lives in the city. She was debating whether or not to send her kids to the public school system. And I said, you know, you just, just send them to the Catholic school. She's like, no, he wants to go to the public school, this and that, whatever – her kid completely transformed in a bad way because the public school didn't care if he showed up on time. They didn't care if he didn't hand in his homework. They didn't care if he showed up or not. They didn't care. They didn't care if he showed up like a half a thug with his pants down around his legs. No. And, you know, just uh, rolling around like uh you know, like a thug. I mean, they don't, they it don't starts care. as simple as that. It starts as simple as that being, you know, being there on time, making sure you're dressed properly. If I was, if I was the mayor and I had a magic wand, I would make it mandatory that all the kids have to wear uniforms. That's the first thing I would do because Bingo. then you would equal the playing field. I would make sure all the kids have to be there on time. And you know what else is not fair? It's that the majority of kids want to learn. Majority of kids are such good kids, even though they come from broken homes, but then you've got a couple those little thugs that are all messed up for whatever reason and they ruin it for everybody i'm not a mayor i'm not a cop but we should if they want crime to plummet you do what has been proven to work you prosecute those lower level crimes like fare evasion like drug dealing can you believe that we're not even prosecuting drug dealing anymore we're not we're not prosecuting prostitution anymore you uh you know that that's what you need to do you do mandatory jail sentences for people that are caught with illegal guns and you bring back stop question and frisk those are three proven deterrents that have worked that's why right. we saw under Ru- Ru- mayor rudy giuliani and bloomberg right now we have about 3000 people in rikers that seems like a people are like well that's 3000 people that's not a lot when we have over 8 and a half million people that live in new york city no, it should have, be a lot more. We used to have <laughs> closer to uh, 10,000 back in the day. Yeah. It is a joke. Hey, listen. And even 10,000 s- is not a lot if you look at it statistically compared to eight and a half million people that live in the city. And who cares about the the uh, abstract number? If they deserve to be in Rikers Island, they deserve to be in Rikers Dam Island. We've got to keep the citizenry safe. 
And we have to stop with this uh, soft bigotry of low expectations. We have to stop it. Let's treat everybody the same. They can perform. They can do it. You just you, you just lay down the gauntlet, and uh, it's tough love, and it'll work. In the long run, it will work because what we're doing now is absolutely abjectly failing. It's just terrible what's going on now. It is. And then just to give them, give these families or give the single moms or whomever more and more money from the government, it's just making them more reliant on the government. And it's kind of just lowering that level, how you said, of expectation. It's like another form of institutionalized slavery. We should be helping them, you know, break those boundaries and get out of those housing projects and not just say, okay, here's some money. You stay there. This is the best you can do. We should have more after school programs. I mean, it is just horrible. And I really hope Adams, you know, puts the action where his words are. I mean, he was very passionate and crying and he seemed like he was on the verge of tears when that first cop was killed on Friday night. I watched the press conference and I was actually impressed by the way he spoke, but I hope it's not all an act. He's really, and Hochul, where has she been? She has been completely silent. She's a loser. She's a loser. She's had too much Botox in her brain. (laughs) Uh, The other hope uh, is uh, the school's chancellor, Banks, that guy uh, gives me some optimism. So, uh, so let's take away uh, the silver lining here. Is you got Banks and you got Eric Adams who said what he said in that clip. Let's take that away. In the meantime, Lydia Serrano, another great report. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. And uh, Bernie, we missed you. I know Sid misses you. We all miss you. Sid, Sid acts like he's a big, you know, tough guy, but he is just a big old baby. And he's he been really talking is. about you. He is. He's been, oh, my God. Right, Sid? Uh, no, it's true. I uh, I think Christine actually described me pretty well a couple of days ago that I am, I could be a tough guy, but for the most part, I'm a uh, just a hard guy. And I did, thank you for saying that, Lydia. I did you know uh, bring up Bernie quite a bit uh, last week, uh, every day. And I did every miss day, him as day. much as the listeners did, in fact, more. So it's great to have everybody back uh, here today. So thank you, Lydia. You were great as always. Thank you. Thank you. So tonight, right. Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. We'll have Bill O'Reilly. We are also going to have Joan Hamburg on with us. She's got some interesting information about arsenic or some some kind of poison toxicity in our spices. So any anyway, the 5 o'clock show, Cats at Night, everything you need to know. The truth and nothing but the truth will be on that show. Five o'clock, Cats at Night, John Katz Matidis. You don't want to miss it Monday through Friday. It is now, believe it or not, the number one show in the country at five o'clock, the number one radio show. So With, take a listen. Uh, a lot of thanks to you, Lydia. On your money, this is John Waite missing you on your Monday morning. For you, Bernie, I missed you. It is great to have Bernie back. He sounds great, and uh, the show's been great today. We've got two guests coming up in the 9 o'clock hour, making her debut on the show. Jedediah Bila, formerly of The View and Fox News, had a book out in November. She's been dying to come on. She gets on. And the guy that almost beat Phil Murphy 
governor of New Jersey, Jack Chitterelli. Jack is only coming on, at least according to Jack Manzo, to wish you well, Bernie. So we got two good guests and beat Bernie coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. You know, John Casamitidi sent me this yesterday. I was having breakfast with Danielle after she did the, uh, the half marathon. And um, the story is about Chuck Schumer, who is uh, – who's running against Chuck Schumer we had on last week? Oh, uh, Joe Pinion was in studio last week. I worked with I him over at Newsmax. Yeah, he's a good love guy. love that guy. Great guy. He was in studio last week. He's running against him. So um, Chuck, uh, Chuck Schumer and uh, Hochul, who Lydia mentioned, the governor, this, uh, this no good louse is Kathy Hochul, uh, they want to bring baseball – did you see this story? Back to Brooklyn? So I not. Yeah, so, but Major League Baseball, right now we've got the Brooklyn Cyclones. That's the single-A affiliate of the New York Mets, and they play at that stadium in Coney Island, which we're very well aware of. But uh, they want to bring Major League Baseball back to Brooklyn. So initially I'm like, oh, my God, this is great. They left us in 1956. The Brooklyn Dodgers went out to Los Angeles. The Giants also left, went to San Francisco, same year, 1957. But I'm like, wow, this is great. There's so many New Yorkers, Brooklynites, who would love that baseball back. And then John reminded me, and he's exactly right, listen, it's called pandering. It's an election year. There's no way in a million years the Mets and or the Yankees are going to allow a Major League Baseball franchise to play home games in Brooklyn, New York. This is pandering out of both Hochul and, um, and Schumer. He had a guest on who actually said that. I'm not going to credit that to John. He had a guest on that said that. Pandering to the folks of New York during this, an election year. What do you think about that, Bernie? Just manufactured uh, garbage. Just, uh, you know, hey, we got a nice goodie for you coming up if you elect us. Free beer for everybody. Get out of here. Nobody's buying that garbage. Nobody's buying that? No, nobody's buying that. Uh, You know, fix the nation. Fix the country. Fix to fix to fix. take, Take action that we need. Crime, inflation, supply chain. I mean, I'm talking to Schumer now with that. And uh, all these other problems. And don't get us into a damn war. And, and Hochul, remove your stupid uh, mandates. I mean, the, the, the trend is going the other way. America is waking up. You are still stuck in, uh, in April of 2020. Wake the hell up. Do that, and you may get reelected. But if you don't, uh, I don't know, Governor Zeldin or Governor Astorino sounds pretty good to me. Me too. Governor Giuliani too. You've got to give Andrew Giuliani. Any one of those three guys would be a heck of a lot better. And who's the guy that um, that uh, Frank Morano keeps telling me not to sleep on? Harry Wilson or something? What's that guy's name, Bernie? I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. Some guy that Frank you know, seems to think could actually uh, do some damage coming up in this gubernatorial election Harry come Wilson. our way in November. I don't know. I'm going to look him up. Listen, Frank knows what he's talking about. No, he about. does. He does. He, he He's in the minutia of this stuff, and he does know these people, so who the hell knows? Either way, you're right. The, the only way you're going to get change is to vote these people out, but not just vote these people out. you got to change the letter. you got to change the letter. We went from the worst mayor in the history of New York. Anybody can tell you that. We've had some bad ones. We've had some bad ones. But de Blasio was the worst. We kept the same letter, and it's becoming evident every single day that the letter represents the policy and philosophies. So while he was going to be the savior, and maybe he still will be, it's really unfair, unfair to grade Eric Adams after three weeks. But what he has shown me and the city so far is he's that same letter, D, in this case, not douchebag, although maybe it fits, but Democrat. It's the same letter. And these should be layups for him, the, 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 based on what, the way he campaigned. All these things that he could be saying and, and, and calling out, the people he could, could be calling out, 
regarding crime, I mean, these are layups, and he's not doing it. He's not doing it so far. And so, uh, so I, I share your frustration right now. He's going to give a big speech today. He's going to outline this, that, the other. Well, we'll see. It is very, very early, and it may be uh, premature to be judging him. But, uh, again, hiding behind the uh, police commissioner's, uh, you know, well, she doesn't wear a skirt, but uh, uh, when it comes to the Manhattan DA, letting her go after him as opposed to you doing it, uh, uh, Mayor Adams, right. that's not leadership. Well, he did say that he was going to sit down and talk with him. Now, he oh, didn't. Great. I know. And he didn't say it in a tone like, I'm going to sit down and explain to him. He didn't say it like that either. It was like, we'll have a conversation. And there has been no subsequent conversation. And again, it didn't seem like he was going to, it was going to be some type of, of uh, you know, of rough conversation. And there's been nothing. So uh, that's where we are. You know, the city is, uh, is a mess. It's not getting any better. In fact, it's uh, getting worse. And that's why we're all moving out. And maybe not leaving the state. But we're all moving to Bernie's neighborhood, right yeah. by you, Bernie. Come out where I live. No, you don't want. No, 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 no. You don't want him. Tell him to go to Florida. <laughs> well, where I am is a nice. Uh, I gotta tell you, Nassau County. No, is a it's gorgeous, place. but you don't want all of us to come to your neighborhood. You want to keep your neighborhood That's somewhat true. exclusive, right? That is true. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm up, I, I, in fact, I don't even live in Nassau County. You know, I, I'm walking up and down the streets yesterday because again, I walked from the gym. New York Sports Club, early in the morning, my workout on 93rd or 4th and Broadway to meet Danielle in the park where she finished the half marathon at 100th and Central Park, early Sunday morning. And I have to tell you, for every five people that I saw, this is outside, Bernard. This is outside. For every five people that I saw on the Upper West Side, four were wearing masks. I, what, what? Uh, still, still. They don't even know why. They don't even know why. No, they don't know. And, and, and the masks, uh, they, they don't even work. And by the way, the, uh, the, the, the masks that supposedly work, you have N95s, you have something called KN95s. KN95s are made in China. That's right. They don't work. They don't uh, work, and they're made in China. In fact, uh, what's his name? Did a whole report on that last week, uh, Sean Spicer, how they're expensive, they don't work, and they're made in China. You know, so keep giving China money. Although I will say this, Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm cold, I'm lazy. This time of year, you just it, it's to leave the house is really a pain in the neck on the weekends. Let's go to work out. That's about it, Pern. So I found myself watching NBC, Alec, and I was watching the trials for the Olympics in Beijing in skating, in, in, excuse me, in uh, skiing with the, all these crazy jumps and all these acrobatic moves. And then I watched a couple of ladies all out of Russia do the ice dancing, you know, the, the figure skating. And I have to tell you, I was so captivated that here we are going back and forth, and we had Pete King on this last week, and I brought up my wife, and, you know, do we go to the Olympics? Do we not go to the Olympics? So what do we do? I have to tell you, I couldn't shut it off, especially the figure skating. I love that stuff. I, Brian Boitano, and, and uh, who was the German lady way back when? She was so gorgeous. Ekaterina. Yes, Katarina Vitt. Very good. Katarina Very Vitt. good, Bernie. Yeah. You know, even Apollo Ono. So, selfishly, I want these kids to have a chance, and I really love – the, the Summer Olympics sports the hell out of me. I don't care about basketball or swimming or track and field. But this stuff on the ice, Bern, I can't watch enough of it. I love it. I love Let's it. Let's do it. Let's get it. It starts, what, February 3rd? In fact, yes. uh, I think that's next week, right? I think it's next uh, Friday. Next Friday yeah. night, opening ceremonies in China. So I know you're mad, not you, Bernie, but you're mad about China. You should be. They unleashed a deadly virus. They're trying to take over the world. They're going to take over Taiwan. They're doing all these horrible, horrible things. But for two weeks, two weeks, give our kids a break. How about that? Maybe we can sneak in some sort of virus uh, 
<laughs> by our athletes. Uh, we wouldn't want to do that to the Chinese people, no, to be quite no. honest. You know, one last quickly, last thing, the top story at NewYorkPost.com, we were talking about governors. It, it, this is the headline. Spitzer used alias at hospital hours after allegedly choking Russian prostitutes. I saw that. That is the top headline. I mean, will you tell me why six years later we're still talking about that night with Elliot Spitzer? Uh, well, I guess it gets clicks because I clicked yeah. on it. No, I clicked on it. <laughs> and that, that, that's why we're talking about it. And he's got a big picture of him smiling I and saw, the, yeah. the yeah. whole story there. Uh, but uh, I, bump, I bumped him last year, Peter Luger. I, I would say this, the escort that he was with, remember that, that whole story? And yeah. um, she was described as having the, the prettiest – female anatomical part in the history of the world. That's what they said about this lady. Uh, when they do these uh, where are they now segments, I'd love to find out what that girl is doing today. Wouldn't you? I think she got married. As she I did? Yeah, I believe she did. Uh, what, the old Amy Fisher role? Well, not really. Amy no. Fisher went uh, Amy Fisher went crazy. She, 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 well, she did get married. She married that guy, Lou. But, that, but then they conti- she continued to uh, you know, make porno movies with that guy. <laughs> And then that guy left. And they, by the way, they were living in Long Beach uh, here for a while. Right by you. She, yeah. she was doing dirty cams right across and the street from your doing, house. She became a dirty cam girl from a bedroom <laughs> while the kids are, uh, you know, two rooms over doing homework. Oh, terrible. Poor Mary terrible. Jo Butterfuko. Poor Mary Jo Butterfuko. Remember we had her on the show? Me and you had Mary Jo Yes, one? I do. Yeah, very nice lady. She yeah. was nice, yeah. All yeah. these stories, all these years. And I say that because, just to remind you, Bernie, Today is Monday, January 24th. Coming up this Thursday, this Thursday, January 27th, that marks our six-year anniversary together at WABC. Get out of town. What a God. Yeah. Wow. I flew in January 26, 2016. I'll never forget it. I left Fort Lauderdale Airport in the morning. It was 78 and sunny. I arrived in New York. You had like 27 inches of snow. It was like the worst snowstorm ever. Went to my sister Ray Sherry's house in Mill Basin, and I, the first thing I said to her was, what the hell did I just do? What did yeah. I just do? And now six years later, this has been the greatest professional run of my life, and I uh, have you to thank for that. So oh, it's coming terrific. up on Thursday. Well, you have yourself to thank for it as well. I mean, talent, talent, talent in spades, my brother. Oh, talent in spades. Six years. It flew. Speaking of flying, it flew by. Right? I can't believe. Six damn years and uh, – well, hopefully, uh, you know, another uh, 26 years after Damn this. right. Well, that's, that's my plan. That's your plan, too. We're going to wrap up the 8 o'clock hour right here. Two guests, Beat Bernie, all that good stuff. The fourth and final hour of Beat Bernie comes your way next. Don't forget, Thursday, the big anniversary show. We expect the cake. Talk to you in about <laughs> five minutes. Psychedelic Furs, one of my favorite songs, Ghost in You, 906 on your Monday morning. Bernie back today and sounding as good as ever. Great to have Bernard back on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. We've had a great three hours. Jack Chitterelli almost beat Phil Murphy in the state of New Jersey. will join us next and then beat Bernie. But uh, joining us right now, a very decorated lady, Jedediah Beal. Of course, uh, I know her from The View, Fox and Friends on uh, Fox News. Her third book, third I'm on my second. She's on her third already. Dear Hartley came out uh, in November. 
I believe, making her debut on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, Jedediah Beeler. Jedediah, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good morning, and it's great to be here. I've been listening. You guys have good music. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank I you like for that. I like what I hear. I like what I hear. Yeah, we love when people say that. We, we take that very, very seriously. Neither one of us have ever been a DJ, me or Bernie, never. But uh, we do take that seriously, so thank you. Tell us, if you will, about your Locals account, Beulah.Locals.com. Jedediah, what's that all about? Yeah, you know, I decided that I was tired of censorship that was happening on big media, meaning social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook. You see that conservatives oftentimes get taken down for simply stating facts. Uh, so I got tired of that. So I spoke to the guys over at Locals, guys and gals, and they were like, hey, you know, you, you want to partner with us and create a space where people don't have to worry about that, that you can think freely, you can share photos, you can share thoughts. I'm going to be saying a lot of stuff over there that I just don't say on Twitter because I don't like having Big Brother Silicon Valley staring over my shoulder every five well, seconds. Can I ask so you something? Did I the, wanted that space, yeah. Does Donald Trump know about this? I'm being serious because he's been kicked off of everything. He'd, he'd be perfect for yeah. him. I, I don't know. Somebody should tell him. It's a great space. We're having a lot of fun over there. And, and it gets a little more personal. You know, you can do, if I'm if I'm shooting something, I can do a behind the scenes so people can see how a show gets put together. Uh, we're having a blast. I don't know. If you, if you guys have his ear, maybe you should let him know. We <laughs> do. Uh-huh. We do. We could. Let, we will let him know, as a matter of fact. Jedediah Bila on the Bernie and Sid Show. Jedediah, so uh, tell us. I, I know you're into health and wellness uh, yeah. that's big, huge for you right now. And we're coming off uh, this latest uh, COVID uh, mania. Uh, it's actually tamping down a bit. But uh, tell us about your thoughts on health and wellness in the age of COVID these days. Yeah, it's been terrifying, frankly. You know, I've always been someone who's been a defender of people's rights to do what they need to do to take care of themselves. You know, everybody sees that differently. I'm not somebody that goes running around pulling junk food out of people's mouths or everybody's got to do their own research. I've I've long supported people's individual relationships with their doctors. You know, you have these trusted doctors your whole life. And now suddenly big government and big corporations are stepping in and saying, oh, no, 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 don't listen to your doctors. You need to listen to us or you may risk losing your job and having to, to figure out how to put food on the table for your family. So I've always been someone saying, hey, this vaccine's out there. Do your own research. If you do your own risk-benefit analysis, figure out, you know, talk to your trusted physician, talk to your family, and do what you want to do. But that should be a choice. So, you know, I'm not spreading a message of don't get the vaccine. I'm spreading a message of do what you need to do for yourself. And now that's under attack. And as you know, anyone who's ever received any news of a chronic illness ever in your life or being told by Big Pharma that, that they have a chronic illness knows that one size fits all doesn't doesn't work. Every body is different. You know, we react to medications differently. Everything. You, my mother and I went to the drugstore once. I'll never forget it. And we took the same medication. We both came down with the same thing. And we reacted very differently. She had no problem with it. I got violently sick. That's just a reality of being in a human body. So I think people need to remember that. And what I've been rallying for is the freedom to make individual decisions. And if that's under attack, and it has been largely in the United States in 2022, that's a big problem. And that's what people need to stand up and fight for. And, you know, we can get into the masks and we can get into the deception that has come from Fauci and and all of that. But, you know, they've scared the heck out of people because in order to control people, you need them to be consistently afraid. And, you know, that that's a political uh, motivation and a political tactic, not about health and not about science. Well, clearly you're not Jewish because my family tells everybody what to do, when to do it, how to do it. Yeah. What to do. <laughs> but, but I'm Italian. 
I'm Italian, so I, there's definitely some of that. Right. My parents know when it comes to my health. Like, my mom doesn't mess with my kale smoothie. You know, she may offer me some ravioli, but she's like, I'm not messing with the celery juice in the morning. She's got to <laughs> do what she's got to do. <laughs> so, so, so then what do you eat on a Sunday late afternoon? What do you do? What do you No meatballs, no sauce, no ravioli? Listen, what do you do? I'm, I'm a real health girl. So, yes, I, I actually do eat meatballs, but I'm really All particular. Right. Like, I order grass-fed beef from a local farm. Oh, my God. I, you know, I eat, yeah, I ship my seafood, wild seafood from Alaska. I exercise wow. five days a week. I take supplements. I take this stuff really seriously, and I'll tell you why, guys. A few years ago, I got Lyme disease. It knocked me out. And the reason it knocked me out is because I wasn't sleeping. I was eating horribly. I fixed that. I got better. I feel better than I ever did in my life. But that came from an individualized approach to my body, taking food seriously, taking exercise seriously. So I tell people, you, you have a lot of power. You can choose to use it. You can choose to not use it. I have friends who, you know, don't follow the health journey. I love them to pieces. I'm not here to tell them what to do. But, you know, we have a lot of power to control the way we feel. And I don't like people feeling powerless to a system, you know, to a government, to a big pharma system, when you have a lot of control over the way your body feels and how it responds to stimuli. You know, Jed and I have Bill on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, I actually, coincidentally, uh, sort of uh, adhered to your regimen of exercise, eating right, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But one other thing I used to do a lot, I loved it. I thought it was very, very helpful, which is I used the steam room. I thought sweating, sweating out out the garbage, uh, you know, the poisons, the toxins from your body was very helpful. And I understand you do the same thing except with a sauna. That's exactly right. For Christmas, I got a portable infrared sauna. And at first I thought, "Eh, you know, let me see how it goes. And I have to say that it's it's really helped. Infrared, it has red lights inside. People can look into red light therapy and what that looks, you know, what that does for the body. But it's done a lot in the way of inflammation, you know, bringing down inflammation. When you work out, you know, your muscles get sore and just sweating. You got to get that stuff out. You know, you got to remember we're surrounded everyone surrounded by toxins. You know, you eat stuff. You don't always eat perfectly. Stress. You don't always sleep right. So it really helps the body to kind of, you know, you want to get that stuff out. You want to get your energy up. For a long time, I was one of those people that was like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And that really didn't work for me. My digestive system was out of whack. So I took this last year and I I kind of I prioritized health in a way even more so than I ever had. And, you know, this all happened during COVID. And I was watching a lot of people. Everyone was, you know, talking about the vaccine. And I was like, where is the conversation about health? You have to be able to talk about risk factors like obesity. You have to be able to talk about aspects of your health that people can control and what you eat and what supplements you take and exercise. This all plays a role in how you respond to stuff because you may come into contact with COVID. You may come into contact with, you know, a bacteria or this is this this is what life is, you know, but. You can arm your body to be in the best possible position it can to face those things, and that's what a conversation about real health looks like. It doesn't just look like, oh, you got something, what big pharma drug can roll in to, to try to make that better, because those things all come with side effects. And even if you do turn to a drug, you know, you talk to your doctor and that's something, that's fine, but you still want to be in the best body you can when you absorb that stuff. So it's really about, my message is about self-empowerment, and, you know, owning your life and your decisions, whatever that may look like, and having respect for other people's decisions if they may be different from yours. Jedediah Bila on the show. And by the way, you look amazing. So whatever you're doing is uh, working. Uh-huh. Can I say that? I, I guess I, 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 I can't. No, you can't. Yeah. Stop, stop saying this. Take, take that back. I'll take the compliment. I'm, I, I am never offended when somebody says you look great. I'm like, great. Right. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 no, you shouldn't be. Exactly. That's how crazy we are in this society today. But uh, I have to ask you this. Uh, 
I, I think I'm a, a relatively patient person. I try to give a lot of people the benefit of the doubt. I do. And I watch a lot of television. I watch, Bernie can tell you, I watch everything from Real Housewives to politics to sports. Liberals don't bother me as much as most people. But I don't think I could ever, ever, ever be in the same room as Joy Behar. How did you do that? I, 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 I'm, I'm being serious. I think she's, yeah. she's evil. She's talk evil. About, talk about toxins. Yes. Evil. You know, you know, yeah, toxins, right. You know, it's funny. When I worked, when I actually worked on that show, we, we had a pretty good relationship, all of us. You know, I, I got lucky in that that panel had some pretty good chemistry off camera. Uh, interestingly enough, when I reappeared this round because I didn't get the vaccine, I was on remote, they went on the attack. You know, all of that history of, oh, you know, we've been friends in the past and we just see the world differently kind of went to the garbage mm-hmm. pail. And right. suddenly when I didn't tow a line... You know, I think, you know, what I've discovered about a lot of liberals in my life, and this is sad, but there's like there's certain things that they feel like these, this is the core of liberalism. If you go against that, you know, it's like it's never enough. You know what I mean? Like you could you could even give an inch on this or give it. it it's never enough. You go against one of those five things and it's like we got we got to take her out, even if she was a friend. I mean, Sonny Austin was at my wedding. <laughs> she was at my wedding. And she, she was the one who shouted me down as misinformation. Uh, and I uh, wasn't. Listen, uh, I've been proven right. Yeah. What I said was right. right. Vaccinated people. So, so well, by the way, that, COVID, that, 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 you know? right, that same lady shoots you down for misinformation. But Louds Sotomayor, of course, who lied right there in the Supreme Court. That's all you need to know, Jedediah. Yeah, well, you know, it's an unfortunate reality of what's going on. But I learned a big lesson there because I was like, wow, I, I thought there was a good relationship. But really, you know, sometimes you feel like a tool when, when you're when you're when you're a conservative and you show up on these liberal channels. It's like, oh, am I am I here to grab a head like you're going to grab a headline off me today or this this wasn't about a real conversation that moment. So, you know, listen, it, it forced me to reevaluate a lot of things that happened before then. Um, and I'll just say if you're a liberal that invites a conservative on because you want them to agree with you, ninety nine percent of the time or you're okay if they disagree quietly and meekly but don't disrupt the whole process and you still win the argument you're not really looking for a conservative or you're not looking for a good one who's going to stand up for themselves so that's a whole other topic for a whole other day but it happens all the time yeah no they've gotten really really oh my god hateful on that show i can't put it any other way just really vicious and hateful and uh I guess you experienced a little bit of that uh, at the end of last year. Jedediah Bila on the Bernie and Sid show. Jedediah, your, your book is entitled Dear Hartley. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what's in your book? Yeah, Dear Hartley is a series of letters to my son, but also to the whole country, uh, to this generation, the next generation, about what I've been saying is about wanting our kids to have the freedom to build a life for themselves that they choose. It's about protecting free-thinking people. It's about protecting freedom. It's about protecting, you know, your right to, you know, I talk a lot about health and wellness in there. I talk a lot about patriotism and what it means to be an American. I didn't grow up with money. I had to earn my money. I had to work hard and what that looked like for me and why I want my kid to know he's not powerless and he has a lot of power to shape his own destiny and that he should stand up for the courage of his conviction. So it's a message to all of us at a time when, Freedom suppression is on the high, and there's a lot of people that want to tell you what to do and how to do it and that you need them in order to do it. I'm here to remind everybody you don't need them, you need you, and it's a message that our kids need to remember today and tomorrow. So it's really for the kids, but I think adults are going to read this, and, and they're going to say, you know what, this is, a, this is a good time to remember this for ourselves and buy one for your kid. <laughs> so what a great message. Get, you know, a certain age. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Important. it's very important for right now. How old is uh, Hartley? 
Hartley's only two years old. Two years so old. I wrote yeah. yeah, he's my little yeah. man. I love him to pieces. That's great. <laughs> no, listen, I hear you. We both have kids, too, so we can appreciate exactly what you're talking about. We enjoyed having you on the program today, Jedediah. You're invited back anytime you want, Jedediah Bila. Uh, her third book is out. Go check her out on Locals. And like I said, come back whenever you want. Thank you so much. That was great. Thank you both for a great conversation. You got Godspeed. it. Godspeed. Jedediah Beeler right here on the Burning in Situ making her debut. We'll take a short break, but coming up next, he nearly defeated Phil Murphy in the run for governor in the state of New Jersey. Has a special, mes- a special message for my guy Bernard. And then we'll play uh, Beat Bernie as well. In fact, let's get a contestant right now. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. A chance to take on Bernie at 940. Your chance at a $100 gift card and, of course, a WABC Barry House coffee mug. All compliments of our dear friend Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Not nearly done. Monday morning with Bernie and Sid. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. And, folks, check out the uh, live stream. It is a new configuration. It's going to be very interesting to you at WABCRadio.tv. On your smart TVs, on your computers, WABCRadio.tv. And joining us right now is a man, I, 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 I have to tell you, I mean, uh, he, he, he could be... He could be president of the United States. Forget governor of the state of New Jersey, which he barely, barely lost just, what, two months ago, whatever it was. Jack Cittarelli is on the line on the Bernie and Sid show, and we're honored to have him. Good morning, Mr. Cittarelli. Hey, good morning, guys. It's great to be with you again. And one of the things I miss most of the campaign trail is being on with you guys once a week. So <laughs> yeah. great to be with you. Great to be with Sometimes you. Sometimes more than once a week, we we, uh, we really tried to drive that thing. Are you at the Amalfi Coast right now? Yeah. You son of a bitch. I thought you were like Hackensack or something. You know, that's, like, that's like the most beautiful place in the world you're at this morning. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, New Jersey is the most beautiful place in the world. I'm not going anywhere. We're going to continue to go out there and talk about all the things that uh, really resonated with voters during the course of the campaign. But listen, am I disappointed that I lost you bet? But know this. Republicans had their best election day in 30 years in New Jersey. We're We're going to continue to build on that momentum, and you guys helped create it. No doubt about it, Jack Cittarelli. What a shame. But again... There's always uh, four years from now or three, uh, three years and ten months. But who's counting, uh, Jack well, Cittarelli? Here's, here's the thing. At, at our age, time goes real quick. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had, I had heard of uh, Bernie is uh, battling cancer, and I want to preemptively welcome him to that exclusive club that I'm a part of, of Cancer Survivors. I know he's going to beat this thing, and uh, I know he's got a great team that he's working with. And if he just does everything they say, everything's going to be just fine. And he and I are going to be part of that exclusive club of cancer survivors. Wow. Very interesting. Thank you for that, uh, Jack. Uh, that, that means a lot. Uh, I didn't realize that your, what you went through, that you went through this process yourself. 
Uh, do you care to uh, detail uh, any part of what you went through, or you, would you just rather leave it uh, generic? As, uh, no, uh, no, happy to, because it inspires others to be vigilant about uh, getting their checkups and the like. And uh, I had what I thought was a swollen gland four years ago. It was right after I had declared for governor four years ago uh, when I challenged Kim Gadanyo in the Republican primary. And um, had what I thought was a swollen gland, went into the doctor, sent me to the ENT. ENT took a closer look, and she said to me, Jack, you got a tumor on your tonsil, and it's cancerous. And wow. uh, I was in uh, New York, Mount Sinai, and had it removed and didn't need chemo, but did go through 30 days of uh, radiation therapy in the throat, and, um, but did what my doctors told me to do, and here I am today. And, uh, in fact, just got the five-year uh, blessing. Awesome. Uh, they always look to make you clean for five years, and it's been five years. But, Bernie, I'm thinking of you, buddy. And, uh, again, it's a pretty exclusive club. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. welcome you preemptively in it. Just keep doing what they tell you. Everything's going to be just fine. That is uh, uh, very, very nice. That means very the world nice. to me, uh, yes. honestly. It really does, uh, Jack Cittarelli. And uh, God bless you and staying strong. And, and a lot of it is your outlook, is optimism, staying strong, and, uh, you know, keeping the faith, that type of thing. Absolutely. I believe anyway. Yeah, no, you have Absolutely. to have the uh, you have to have the uh, yes, the optimism and 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 feel positive and and certainly Bernie does that on a daily basis and and Jack, I mean you look great. God bless you. You you got movie star good looks and you're strong and you just ran a great. I'm being serious. You ran a great campaign. I got two people on my cast here. Me and Bernie's cast and Christina. She lives in Clark, New Jersey, and I've got. Uh, you know, uh, Luke Lograno, who lives, uh, where are you, in Cranford? Where are you, Luke? Homedale. Homedale. So we got a bunch of Jersey people in here every day that love you. And look, fact is, uh, you were the right guy for the job. Murphy got you this time. But has he done anything, anything, starting his second term that you like or dislike? I know it's early on, but has he done anything to remark on early on? Well, one thing he's been doing, I think, is smoking some of that cannabis that he wants to <laughs> really approve. And I'll tell you why. He gave... He gave an inaugural address last week that was delusional. He said that New Jersey is a model for the rest of the nation. My goodness, we, we lead the nation in nursing home deaths. We've got the highest property taxes in the nation. It's the worst place in the world to do business, particularly for small business. Our state government's been ranked the worst in the country in Jeez. terms of responsiveness to citizens. So I think he's smoking some of that stuff. But, guys, I will tell you, while I lost, we weren't unsuccessful. All of a sudden, this guy's talking about property taxes common sense solutions and the kitchen table these were things he mocked me yep, for during right. the campaign and now that's he's right. talking about those things plus so you brought a, for new jersey yeah and you brought a nice red wave to uh, the state legislature as well so uh no it was a very very productive uh, campaign uh, jack Cittarelli. and uh but uh, as far as governor murphy uh, goes it seems like uh status quo status quo yeah. and uh, the guy has learned nothing uh but uh the people have and the people spoke and uh Hopefully he at least, at the very least, even though he's clueless, he reacts and uh, sort of uh, that resonates with him in some of his decisions, I hope. I really just don't even know. Well, here's what I'm going to work on, guys. This was one of the best turnouts in the history of the state for a governor's race. But here's the bad news. Six out of ten New Jerseyans didn't vote. Mm. And so what I'll be working on over the course of the next two years is increasing voter turnout with a couple of different initiatives. I want the highest possible turnout. I think when Republicans talk about ideas and how to solve our problems here, we do well in elections. 
this past election day proves that. So that's my focus. Can, can I ask uh, you, though, uh, practical terms like like here in New York, for example, when we want uh, incentive programs, we want like criminals to go to court. Right. <laughs> Ridiculous. We yep. give them we give them Yankee tickets. So like dinner, to, uh, Campagnolo. Yep. Uh, what yep. would you do to incentivize people to go vote for Republicans? Something practical. Yeah, something practical is talking about how we're going to solve property taxes, which touches every business, every person and every business, whether they own or rent. Um, talking about how we're going to make New Jersey a better place to do business, particularly on Main Street. Great many people always want to open up their own business, but they don't want to do it in New Jersey. When we talk about those kinds of things, we as Republicans do real well. And yep. that's what I did all during the course of this campaign. As you said, there was a red wave. I mean, it wasn't just the, the legislative seats that we won, which were the most in 30 years. I'm talking about local and county races. Two weeks ago, I was up in Passaic County swearing in a new county commissioner. We haven't done that in decades. Wow. That's a big deal. That's a you big know, it's deal. A, what's sort of ironic, uh, Jack Cittarelli on the Bernie and Sid Show, is that uh, Governor Murphy's horrible policies obviously drove a lot of people out of the state of New Jersey. And that actually helped them because they would have voted for you. You would have been the governor right now. <laughs> that, that's an irony right there, I believe. I do tease, guys, that if all the former Jerseyans that live in Florida voted for me, we would have won. Yep. Hey, listen, on the machines, nine days of early voting and election day, on the machines, I beat him by 220,000 votes. He beat me through the mail by 300,000 votes. We need to do better in turning out low-propensity Republicans and those unaffiliated independent voters that uh, are fiscally conservative and even soft Democrats um, who feel that they've gone too far. For example, this new abortion law that he signed here in New Jersey. Is, is extreme. Terrible. It's extreme. I agree. Show me, a, show me a parent, even a Democrat, who's a parent that wouldn't want to know that their 16-year-old daughter is contemplating an abortion. Yet in Phil Murphy's world, the parents wouldn't be notified. That's extremism, guys. That's criminal. That That's is criminal. We, we couldn't agree more. I mean, the one thing you do have going for you in your state is you've got the best real housewife franchise of all. Do you watch that show? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, but my wife does. <laughs> <laughs> I know, because I know you're Tommy Manzo. You go to the Brownstone once in a while, and Frank Catania. You know all these people, so I figured you, you may have watched the show. But uh, at any rate, in all seriousness, uh, it was very sweet of you to call in this morning and wish Bernie well. And we were uh, huge fans of yours, your last race. We will endorse you and try to help you win your next race. You have friends for life, Jack Cirelli and Bernie and Sid, so God bless you. Well, guys, thank you. God bless you both. And, uh, Bernie, anything that I can do to be of help, please don't hesitate. And uh, a strong constitution and support of family and loved ones makes all the difference. You're a good man, Jack Cittarelli. Thank you so, so much. And uh, all the best. Godspeed to you down the line. We'll be, we'll be in touch. Thank you, sir. Okay, guys. Thank you. Take thank care. Thank you. Jack Cittarelli on the Bernie and Sid Show. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. All right, let's play beat Bernie. Scott is out of Ossining. I guess up by the prison, right, Scott? Right there, yes? I grew up down the block from you in Brooklyn. <laughs> Where? Where were you? East 23rd Street between Avenue O and King's High. Oh, my God. Like, literally right down the block. You're not kidding. Right down the block. Wow. And now you're in Ossining? Yeah. Well, I moved up here 25 years ago. Okay. Oh, what kind of a law do you practice? Uh, generally, I defend people that are getting sued. Oh, okay. Very good. All righty. Well, good luck, uh, counsel. Counsel, I should say. Okay. In today's game. And here's question number one, Scotty, with Bernard waiting in the soundproof booth in his house in Long Island. Number one, in June of 2019, 
who was the British Prime Minister that resigned from the position amid the failure of negotiations over the withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union? What British PM resigned? Was not May? A big... Yes. Very good. <laughs> Theresa May. Very good. Every year good. On, the, on the continent of North America, around 1,000 tornadoes touch down and are particularly common in Nebraska, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas, who collectively have become known by what nickname? Tornado Alley. Yes. Oh, you know, it reminds me. I, I saw another movie this weekend. I saw. I told you about the movie uh, A Journal for Jordan, which is great. Michael B. Jordan, that's on Washington's movie. I saw a movie. Uh, it was entitled 13 Minutes on Saturday, and it's all about tornadoes. And it's a pretty good movie. Check it out on Netflix, 13 Minutes. Number three, UFC 244 took place at Madison Square Garden in 2019, where the main event featured Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, with Masvidal claiming victory and earning him what expressively named belt? (laughs) Stupid. God, this is such a stupid sport. I'm sorry, Bernie. Mike Garcia is making a... I mean, this is the dumbest... Don't even worry about it. It's called the baddest mother effer. That's the name of the belt, the BMF belt. I'm wrong, you two-legged back of <sighs> Which United States president was responsible for purchasing the Louisiana Territory from France in 1803? Madison? Brown, Close. Back of Third president of the United States was who? Jefferson. I'm sorry, I didn't hear it that. Was Jeff- it was uh, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, finally, in your chance uh, to go three out of five, in 1958, Scott, the world's first nuclear power submarine, the USS Nautilus, became the first submarine to compete, to complete, I should say, a submerged transit of the North Pole and now resides in a museum where it was originally built in the town of Groton in what northeast state? Connecticut. Yes. All right. Three right for Scotty. Good job out of Scott. Got three right. Now, um, did you pod that down? I mean, how, how would Bernie not hear that? He's home. He's sitting there. We uh, we took him, we took the programming out of his ear. Yeah, you're such a liar. I didn't. Uh, oh, I didn't. Oh, you you didn't. can ask him for yourself. Oh, where is he? Bernie, you there, bud? I'm here now. Did you hear anything just now? You know, uh, I was actually uh, conversing with Luke. Uh, Justin told me he was going to take me off the air. Right. I wouldn't be able to hear anything, right? So you heard nothing, right? So, so. But no, but here's the thing. Yeah. I was hearing stuff, and I actually said, Justin, I can hear. Oh. That's the kind of, uh, you're, 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 that's you're, kind of integrity I possess. See that? It was and actually, it was remarkable stuff. I wouldn't have said a word. He was very transparent. And yeah. Then, uh, I wouldn't we, have said a word. We, and then they took me off. and uh, <laughs> and now then they took me off, on. and Luke uh, monitored the fact that I was off. So, All right. Well, now you need four to win, okay, buddy? You sound like you got bored with my story. I did get bored, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate the fact that you do have integrity, and you're a much more honest man than me, but uh, here we go. Uh, I just go. want to get some time in at the very end to get everybody's opinion on the big stories from the weekend. In June of 2019, Bernard, who was the British prime minister that resigned from the position amid the failure of negotiations over the withdrawal of the United Kingdom from the European Union. Uh, it was uh, it was a woman. What the hell yes. was her name? We were together uh, uh, during this, obviously. What's that? I believe we were together during this. We yeah. Were. Yep. Her name was. We didn't like her. Jesus, I can't remember her name. Uh, Prime Minister. All right, no good. Prime oh, Minister. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Prime oh. Mi- uh, it's not coming to me. All right. Wrong. You two legged back of answer. What is the month after April? Uh, it would be. Okay, it was May. 
Theresa May. Theresa May, yes. Yeah. Every year, Bernie, on the continent of North America, around 1,000 tornadoes touch down and are particularly common in Nebraska, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Texas, and Kansas, who collectively have become known by what nickname? It will be it will be called the Frozen Tundra. No, Tornado Alley. Yes. Hey! UFC 244 took place at Madison Square Garden in 2019, where the main event featured Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, with Masvidal claiming victory and earning him what expressively named belt? It was the title for the uh, baddest MFer. <laughs> Which United States president was responsible for purchasing the Louisiana Territory from France in 1803? That would be my boy, uh, Tommy. Yes! Thomas Jefferson. So at the very least, you tied here. You can win if you get this one correct, Bernard. In 1958, the world's first nuclear power submarine, the USS Nautilus, became the first submarine to complete a submerged transit of the North Pole and now resides in a museum where it was originally built in the town of Groton, in what northeast state? Uh, that would be uh, Groton, Connecticut. Yes! Oh, Bernie back and wins. Very impressive. Got the first one wrong. Wheeled off the next four. Beat Scott by a final score of four to three. Bernie, say hello to Scott out of Ossining. Really out of Brooklyn, but now in Ossining. Uh, Scott, hey, how, Bernie, how are you, how brother? You? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I, I could be worse. Uh, listen, uh, good good effort there. And uh, Ossining, uh, that, that does... That's where Sing Sing is, right? Yeah, that's where the term going up the river comes from. That's right. I actually visited friends there when I was a teenager, believe it or not. I swear to God. <laughs> but uh, it's a beautiful place, Austin, overlooking the Hudson River there. You got the uh, yeah, yeah. The Metro North goes up there. It's a beautiful spot. Yeah, so sure, uh, sure, sure. Uh, you're not calling from Sing Sing, are you? <laughs> actually pete morgan just said give the contestant the dough we thought scott played a good game but that's from pete morgan who actually his company uh peerless boiler sponsors this you played well scott thank you for hopping on today and thank you for playing today's game thank you my brooklyn brother all right uh, this guy grew up literally right around the corner from me bernard i mean literally right around the corner not uh, funny that is funny yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to come back and wrap things up. We're going to hear from everybody on this fine cast. This has been a great Monday morning. Bernie back better than ever. Been a great show. So we'll come back. You'll hear from us as we wrap up Monday right here on Bernie and Sid. Beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. On 77 WABC. Wrap this bitch up. My oh, man, Bernie, back and better than ever. How you feeling, big guy? Like a champ, my brother. Yeah, that was fun, right? Uh, yeah, well, no, it's great. I enjoyed the uh, whole morning, I got to tell you. Uh, you know, I feel pretty good. So did I. It was great having you back. You feel good. You sounded great. Let's go around the room here. And you get made it easy, my brother. You made well, it easy. Well, you too. Let's uh, get everybody's take on the weekend and today and what they feel was the uh, the big story. We'll start with... The man that pushes all the right buttons, Justin Ellick. What do you say, handsome? What's the story for you? Well, I would say aside from the return of the great Bernard McGurk, welcome back, Bern. Stop always, sucking, you know, up, to, stop no, sucking listen, up to him. Listen, this show is not uh, is not what it is or what it's supposed to be without him. Uh, so, uh, you know, what, do you, what do you think he's going to do for you? I'm just great curious. to have him back. This is all coming right from uh, oh, uh, right, thank you, right from the, <laughs> the right place. You got it, Bern. But other than that, in, in the in the 
news of the day. I'd say the situation that uh, that we've uh, or that Biden has created for us and our country with uh, with Ukraine. And um, oh, that bothers you because your uh, mail order bride girlfriend is from Russia. It, it, listen, it really hits home for me. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, he could get drafted and uh, have to go fight the Russians. Exactly. That's right. Hey, that, hey that. Bernie, by the way, you weren't here. You know, I put his girlfriend on the air on this show. Did you hear that? I'm sorry I didn't. Oh, it was great. So she, I say, how long do you give this guy to get you a ring? She says, three years. I go, three years is way too long. Way too long. She says, what should I do? I said, I give him 18 months at the most. So now she listened to me, and I screwed the poor bastard. Now he's got 18 months. <laughs> hey, did she have a, a thick Russian accent? No, no, not at all. Oh. She's from Brooklyn, Long Island. I don't know. She's a cute girl. Oh. Uh, Luke Lograno, what's your uh, story of the day? Well, like Justin said, the big, sto- the big story is Bernie coming back. That's going to be the number one story. But for me personally, you brought it up before, Sid. It's all that money I lost on football this Sunday. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When I saw Tom Brady marching down the field down that much and tie the game up with seconds left to go, I thought it was all over. Rams come back, and then that game was outdone by the Chiefs. Yeah. It's incredible. The the quality of football we saw this weekend, this is something we're going to remember for a long time. I can't argue. Down to the final four. Great call there by Luke. 49ers, of course, at the Rams late Sunday, and we'll get the Bengals at the Chiefs Sunday afternoon. Mike Garcia, what do you got? My M- there you go. My MMA brother is back in business. Bernie, welcome back, and I'm really glad that you're doing so much better. I would say that the biggest news would have to be that over the weekend, the police officer that lost his life. You know, my yeah. dad is a cop, and the fact is that I worry almost every day of whether he's going to be coming home. Is that so, right? I know your father was a cop. Yeah, I told you. Yeah. Well, a I lieutenant. The time. Well, I'm sorry. That's you knew that, right. Bernie, right? A lieutenant, yes. Wow. And where is he? Is he in the Bronx or Manhattan? Where is he? Westchester County, White Plains. Wow. God bless him. What's his name? Uh, Robert. He's a hero. Well, good luck to yeah. him. All right. That's great. And uh, the lovely Christina. What's on your mind today? Well, obviously, today was a great show because Bernie's back. Uh, and I agree with Justin. I'm going with Ukraine. I do agree with Bernie and Sid in that we've got bigger fish to fry with our own southern border being a mess. But I think we should be concerned because with such a weak president such as Biden, uh, Bernie actually mentioned this. I think the last thing we want is Russia and China forming an alliance against us. I think we'll be in trouble. So I'm curious to see what happens with that. She reminds me of Jill. Remember Jill? Bernie would uh, every day think that, we're, you know, North Korea <laughs> and China, like we're all going to war. And the first thing she said, Christina, at like 530 this morning mm-hmm. was, oh, my God, we're going to war with Russia. And uh, so there you go. Well, two, two people on the show, Bernie, uh, are worried about uh, Ukraine and Russia. Two smart people, Justin and Christina. So there you go. As they should. I mean, it's really it's it's terrifying that we have this uh, incompetent, uh, these buffoons, these clowns, these idiots, these inc- incompetents are actually dragging us into a war with Russia. The, the law of unintended consequences. That's a real law. I mean, that that actually that exists. Stuff spirals out of control. I mean, who knows what the hell is going to happen? And, yeah, we should be worried about China, not pushing Russia into the arms of China. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just really, really a bad, bad situation. Well, it was great having you back. Let me echo the sentiments of everybody else here. show was great. You were great. You sound great, much better than last Tuesday. And now you get a chance to get some rest and do it again tomorrow morning, brother. How does that sound? Uh, like what I hear, my brother said, yeah, it's great. It is great to be back. And, uh, you know, like uh, Jack Chitterelli said, uh, stay strong, stay positive, and uh, good things happen. 
Agreed. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning at uh, 6 a.m. Justin, great job today. Luke Legrano, great job today. Christina, Mike Garcia, Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine always does a great job. It was a great Monday morning show. Who's coming up tomorrow besides Bo Deedle? Anybody else right now? I don't think so, no. All right, we'll get some more. We'll put on a great show as we do every day coming up on Tuesday. Enjoy your Monday here in New York City. So tomorrow at 6, from all of us on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show to all of you, peace! If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.